0: Hello, and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I am talking with Ty Purvis. Uh, what is up, dude? How's it going, man? That's that's going pretty good. Uh, looking forward to... been looking forward to talking with you, and uh, here we are, and I am just doing a rad job on this intro. You can tell I'm right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. It always happens when you take a little bit of a break.
0: oh uh, yes, yes. So, yeah, and that, that's the... Uh, that's the elephant in the room that I'll address right away. So I was doing good there for a while, releasing an episode every week, and then had a handful of weekends in a row where just had too much stuff going on, and then uh, various other, you know, fun stuff f- uh, following. But uh, getting back into it, and uh, glad I'm talking with you, dude.
1: Oh yeah, I'm glad to be back on. It's been, I think, what like we talked about. It. It's been like two years, I think, since we did the first one. So <laughs> yes, it's been a, so it's been a nice. hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think dude. the last I think the last time I was on here, I was like selling caskets, and then now I'm out like selling beer. So hey, nice. So that's a bit of a bit of a different. <laughs> <laughs> two
0: hilarious. things,
1: two things that people are always gonna do: drink beer and die.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's like so many macabre jokes you can go from there. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'll go with the more obvious one. Both of them driving trucks, moving heavy shit around, right? Exactly. (laughs) Keeps you fit.
1: In some terrible cases, one helps supplies the other.
0: (laughs) See, you went there. I wasn't going to go there. (laughs) Maybe we should. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should. I mean, because who knows, the, the one odd listener would be like, it's bad to drink and drive?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: that, that totally makes sense. <laughs> it's like, that's where you need,
1: you need to put down the liquor there, uh, Wilson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of those things that um, always terrified the shit out of me, is uh, the repercussions from drunk driving. You know, all the the huge fine, losing your license for a while. I'm generally just kind of oh, yeah. upheaving your life. And then it's, it's an indelible stain that's on your fucking driving record forever. Right. Oh, I mean, definitely. They're not yeah. being like, ah, okay. It's been a while. Let's not, <laughs> let's not get on a public record.
1: And especially, yeah, especially here in Utah, we just changed the limit down from, I think the national standard was 0.08 and Utah just dropped it back in December to 0.05. So like, and one of, uh, one of the senators here who was against doing that, like, did this thing. He was like – because he took a breath glass test. He was like, you could basically wash your mouth. That with mouthwash in the morning and be under over the limit. He was like, I think we should just keep it at 08. But, of course, he got outvoted and it got dropped down to 0.05. So here in Utah, oh, it's even worse. And it's an automatic, like, $10,000 fine. Like you said, you lose your license. You have to have a, one of those blowing machines put in your car. Like, Utah does not play at all when it comes to j- – driving,
0: so. Oh man, those little blowing machines I, I remember a long time ago I was a professional window tinner And I'd occasionally have cars that would come in Where I'd get in the fucking thing and it wouldn't
1: start And I'd be
0: like, what the shit? And then I'd like look down and see this thing And be like, oh, I gotta put
1: my mouth yeah. on this? <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, when you, that's when you get the new guy to come over And be like, hey, come, come start this car real quick
0: <laughs> Well, at least you phrased it that
1: way <laughs> like, like, I'm not touching that
0: Hey, Hey, new guy, come over here and blow this
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: <laughs>
1: really gotta get this engine going <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> more fuck it help me push this thing <laughs>
1: no. yeah, exactly let's push this thing into the shop <laughs> I'm not putting this
0: random tube in my mouth
1: no telling where that's been how many <laughs> parking lots has been having, I, some weirdo come over and be like hey I need you to come help me start my car it's like wow! It's like I might be able to blow this thing to pass it up.
0: Oh yeah, that—that's the thing. I mean, w- when it comes to just like car troubles and stuff like that, you when it's when it's unexpected. Yeah, I mean, it, you're gonna take your car in for an oil change sometimes, and you know, depending on how you keep your car, I mean, it might go in there as a hot mess. But when it's like a scheduled appointment where somebody's gonna be in every part of your car, it's like maybe clean it up a little bit before you take it in to get you know all four windows. And the back window all tinted. But man, there were some cars that they would just come in and it was just like, What the fuck?
1: Move move the dead bodies out of the way.
0: Yeah, I mean there'd be somewhere it'd be like, Fuck it, I have to go wash this thing before I can tint it and so that I'd have to add like, you know, like a three dollar and seventy five (sighs) cent charge onto it, you know, plus the time it took me to do it and shit. it's like, What the fuck, man? So then I started telling people and then schedule the appointment like, Wash the car before you bring it in.
1: Oh, I have a funny story. Yeah, yeah. A well, funny well, story <laughs> about window tinting is that uh, I had my old Ranger, and I, of course I had the of course the back glass to the passenger and the driver's side tinted, it, like super dark all at one point, like you couldn't see into it. And so, at, I was working the bar one night, my truck got broken into, and they broke in my driver's side. And so when they did that, of course I went and got the window replaced, and I just never got around to tinting the window. So one night I was leaving home from work, going back to uh, my apartment, and this cop pulled up beside me on the passenger side. Of course, that window was still tinted, back window was still tinted. He pulled up, all of a sudden he just like hits his brake, slows down, of course turns his lights on, pulls me over, and I'm like, okay. I wasn't speeding, I wasn't doing anything. Comes up and goes, hey, uh, I noticed your window tint's way too dark. You mind if I get my reader out and check it? And I'm like, sure. So he maybe roll up a driver's side window, of course, which wasn't tinted.
2: <laughs> so he, run,
1: he ran his little special, you know, you know, I guess measuring device, whatever, on that window. He's like, "Well, that one's good." Went over to my passenger side window, and of course, this is like probably three o'clock in the morning, so he really couldn't tell that the window wasn't the driver's side window wasn't tinted. Went over to the other side, did the passenger. He's like, "Oh, well, this is like fifteen percent state regulation, seventeen percent." And he's like, well, let me do it one more time because I'm getting two different readings. I was like, well, both of them are tended the same. I was like, if your machine is reading it wrong, you maybe want to recalibrate it or something. You and so he's like, yeah, it's like, give officer. me a minute. Give me. Give me. Oh, man. It's like, give me a minute. Went back to his car. Fucking 15 minutes later, it comes back, does it again, still showing up. You know, both of them are wrong. I was like, well, hey, man, I, was like, I don't know what to tell you. Your thing's wrong. You know, it's. You can't get a good, accurate reading. If you want to write me a ticket, write me a ticket so we can go because it's already late. It's like I'll just give you a warning. Just get out of here. I was like, thank you. <laughs> and I was like, that freaking idiot. I was like, because if he would like shine his light through it, he would have been able to tell that it wasn't intended. But I was just like, whatever, dude. I was like, you just pulled me over just to freaking it was, it, what's it called? Uh, extort the shit out of me for? Uh, it was like, do I say what I say? Two percent. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. No, they, there's certain cops to where you know they they definitely look out for that sort of stuff. So, you know, for them, they, they they it's a safety issue with them because they're walking yeah. on a vehicle that that they really can't see into. I've had other cops tell me that it's they look at it it, if they can't really readily identify features on somebody through the the front windows because in Iowa front windows, yeah. In in Iowa, at least at the time that I was doing window tinning which was in the uh, kind of early to mid 2000s, um, you had to have a 70% light transmittance on your front windows, which is practically what just clear factory glass will give you. The The legal film that we had, it was really better at just stopping UV rays than really giving the car a darker look. Mm-hmm. But if it was an overcast day and you had like dark interior on your car, it would look, make it look darker. But I mean, regular windows look darker on those same days. Um, yeah but yeah i'd I'd have people come in and want like you know what they call limo tint so it'd be like a 95 percent tint only lets five percent of the visible light through and they'd want it across their whole car and i'd be like no i'm not putting that on your front (sighs) windows i'm like you can't see out it at night you're you're gonna fucking eventually dislike the fact that you have it on here yeah and and it's a safety issue that i don't want to have any part safety
1: issue Yeah.
0: yeah I yeah. Like, I was like, I'll go as dark as 50% on your front windows. And then some people get really upset that we had that policy at the shop I worked at. But it was a policy I totally agreed with.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that makes more sense, too. But yeah. I think at that time, I was only really like, like 22, 23. So I thought I was cool with the dark tent. <laughs> I had to
0: argue, a... dude. It looks fucking dope. I mean, you get a car that's wrapped in dark oh, tint yeah. like that. It looks really, really cool.
1: Yeah
0: yeah it's fucking pricey too but uh oh yeah it's kind of one of those things to where it's it's a mixture between a you know between a science and an art
1: well i can imagine especially because i mean we used to having the with some like the windows and stuff you be having to know how to be able to like cut it you know just right where it's not going to catch on the you know the window seal and all that kind of stuff and of course all the I myth mean, Probably, if you did it for a long time, you probably got used to where you know this. You knew the measurements of like the v- certain vehicle windows. I guess you could, oh yeah, say the ones that you probably had you had come in like over time and all that kind of stuff. So
0: yeah, like if somebody called in with a Subaru Forester, I was jazzed. I was like, oh, they're so easy. <laughs> but if somebody called in with like a, a Mitsubishi Eclipse or, a, oh, or a Volkswagen Beetle, it was like those back windows had such a heavy compound curve, it'd just be oh fuck my life. This is going to be a really stressful job because, you know, it's it's tough heat shrinking it and forming it to that window size and shape. And then you got to stick it in there without, you know, letting that film touch anything in between the cutting board glass and applying it on the back window. And so in the end, it was like when people called in with those cars, I'd be like, I fucking hate this.
1: (laughs) This Uh, Time to go on lunch. Oh, Oh, my God. (laughs) new guy you got this okay good job new guy have fun with that you need to learn anyway
0: my buddy jeff owns an automotive shop and i was i think at one point he was asking why i never thought about starting my own tint shop or something like that and and i told him that that was the reason why i was and he goes it's your shop when someone calls in with one of those cars you just no quote them and i'm like i can do that and he's like it'd be your business (laughs) and i'm like (laughs) yes okay this elementary like fucking journey into this clearly shows why I shouldn't run a business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like you do what you want.
0: <laughs> like you know how they say, all oh, like like creative types aren't business types, right?" It, it's really yeah. rare for those two to ride in the same cart, I guess. And, yeah. and I'm definitely more the creative side than than. I mean, I mean, look, th- this show just like took a giant hiatus. No, no explanation on Facebook. <laughs> Not shit. It's like. Yeah, you do that with a business, you're gonna fucking fail. It's like this. <laughs> exactly. This, this is a hobby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. What well, I mean, if you ever do that, you know, come out here to Utah, because that's all we got is like Subaru Foresters or WRXs or all that kind of vehicles. There, I mean, the Subaru out here game is ridiculous. Like, you can't drive down the road down here without uh, probably like the probably two Two or three miles without seeing at least multiple WRXs or Foresters or Outbacks or nice, but of course that all has to do with you know how much snow and stuff we get out here, and so those are the best type of cars to be riding around in with all
0: oh for sure right and drive all the and different so beautiful places you can go in, in your area oh yeah Utah there um oh man that picture you sent me yesterday that was fucking incredible
1: yeah that's only I think it took us like forty five minutes to get there and like the worst like the and honestly, if it was, of course, you know, a straight drive, it honestly probably would have taken us less time to get there. But with having to go like up the switchbacks and everything, and to get to that one little camp spot that uh, that we go to uh, quite a bit, yeah, it, it takes us like forty five minutes from my house, which is weird because I can go like an hour, and that was south. I can go like another two hours south, and I'll be out in the desert. Wow. I can go an hour east and be up even higher, like a, like. Ten thousand to eleven thousand feet up in the Uintas. If I go west, of course, that's Nevada, so that's uh, more desert. But it's it's ridiculous. I can get to like Glacier National Park in like eight hours from where I live. So I'm in mean, Salt Lake is the best little spot. If you like national parks, if you like different terrain and being out in the woods, like it's the best to be able to get anywhere that will let you know like what you whatever you fancy to go do whatever you want to do like it's 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 ridiculous out here as far as like outdoor activities
0: what's your camping oh. setup like when you go up there
1: uh well for this time we went I mean this is this is really really late to be getting up there like because the spot we go to the spot we went to this past or friday yesterday uh or no yesterday was Saturday. Uh, friday night it is like when you want to really hit that like may june-ish because that's when like the snow has gone it's super pretty you know a lot of animals are out and it doesn't get that cold at night like um friday night when we went there it was supposed to get down to like 42 and we woke up and like the tent was frozen all the stuff it like pretty much iced over wow when we got to, when we got to the camp spot we had a cloud roll over for us and for about a good 30 minutes, it did not have much snow on top of us. And then all of a sudden, it passed and cleared up, and we were totally fine the rest of the night. It just got super, super cold. But, of course, we took a bunch of wood and everything. And I guess whoever was at that site before us um, – because it's on BLM land, which is nice because we don't have to pay for it. You don't have to – and which – only thing that sucks about that as well is that you know you get those people that leave all their trash behind. Yeah. But, um,
0: I know but whoever they had was there easy before, it's time fucking packing it there when it was wrapped around food and shit like that.
1: It, exactly. God like we found it, like no flat traps, yeah, glass everywhere, and of course we had our two dogs with us, so we were just we picked up glass for like the first thirty minutes because I guess they put the beer bottles in the fire and they exploded. Like it was like whoever was here before us was just fucking idiots. Like it was. Uh, it, yeah, the, it, it pissed us off, but and they're
0: fucking everywhere, dude. They are everywhere. There's yeah. fucking public land. Those fucking assholes are going to be there, and it's like, why? Exactly. Why do you? I mean, clearly you come to this place because
1: it's free, it's beautiful. Yeah, like take care of it.
0: (laughs) Like where is that? Where is that disconnect that I'm going to go see a beautiful place, and I'm going to trash it? Like any time that that I've gone to a scenic overlook, if it's some place where I can really get off trail and start hiking around, any time that I've been at the base of a scenic overlook. It's all random pocket garbage that for some reason, yep. somebody just felt compelled that I got to throw this ballpoint pen. I got to throw this empty can
1: tube, uh, gum wrappers, all that kind of stuff. I, and see, this is how bad it was is that we took, we took a trash bag up there with us, of course for our trash, but we also, on our way out, we took back a whole nother trash bag full of trash. That was not ours that we picked up around the campsite. Wow, good. That's how you. bad it was. Yeah, we always we always carry extra, and especially like when I go fishing and stuff. Like, I always carry a trash bag, and if I see stuff, I'll pick it up. It's like, I'm not, you know, I hate to have to clean up after somebody else, but you know, we all shouldn't not we, we all should not have to. But you know, that's the case. Like guess I mean, if at least cleaner for somebody else behind me, then it's you know that's easier for them.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely the case. Um, uh, for the longest time, I was uh, kind of in charge of the climbing trails at Pictured Rocks County Park in, in Iowa. And so I had to work really closely with the DNR park ranger that was in charge of that park. And, you know, before every trail day or or planned trail project or anything like that, I'd have to do a walkthrough with them um, at least for the first few years that that I had the position. And then after a while it was, we'd just talk on the phone and he'd be like, nope, I trust you go for it. And I'm like, okay, cool. But I really got to hear the the land manager's side of the story on that sort of stuff and and he said that one of the things they always appreciate about the climbing community is that they would have those trail days and by doing that sort of shit and actually having a gathering of local climbers show up it showed that, you know, not only was there a uh, uh you know the certainly the entire climbing community isn't gonna show up for a trail day. But even having a portion of it show up, it shows that there are people in the user group that care and they're willing to, instead of making the trek to this place that you have to go to for the activity and and doing said activity, you're going there and you're just spending the day doing volunteer work. They always really enjoyed that shit. And and he never, ever shied away from talking shit on the fishing community. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Which I always thought was unfortunate, but he was like, they're the, he goes, they're literally the worst user group we have here. He's like, the garbage that they leave, like big tangles of fishing line and empty styrofoam containers from bait and stuff. And, you know, I, I grew up fishing too. Like, I caught my first bluegill on a Mickey Mouse pole and, you know, from there on moved up to all sorts of fishing. And, you know, I, I always had that that leave no trace mentality, but man, when when John said that to me, like I thought of all the different public fishing places I'd been to and yeah, that is usually what the shores look like.
1: Yeah, and it it, it doesn't change it it's the same out here in Utah. It's it's so terrible. Like we'll go like to our reservoirs out here, like during the spring and the summer and stuff. And of course it's you know the, the whole reservoir is wrapped around with people. But you go there the next day and there's just so much trash. And like we have a couple of like local like Facebook groups of like you know, uh, we have like a Utah Anglers page and things like that, where we'll organize, like you said, like we'll have you know a day to where we're we'll like, hey, we're gonna go to this reservoir. We're just gonna pick up whatever, you know, maybe do a little fishing after we're done. But it's mainly just let's just go hit this reservoir and just kind of clean up what we can, because you know, just to help the DNR guys out, the people that are there, you know, running the reservoir. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that, because I mean, as much as I love to fish and all stuff like that, it's just it's the worst trying to get to a spot to go fish and you're having to step up. Or like left beer cans or like just fishing, uh, line and all that stuff that people have just left. And it's just, it's like, it's so easy just to put it in a freaking grocery sack and carry it right back out with you. You <laughs> brought it down there, carry it out with you. Like it's not, it's not that hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's always been <laughs> fucking crazy to me. And then, you know, with me going to lots of places for climbing, it's like, if there's a trail that goes to like a rock outcropping, the you know not necessarily something you're looking over but just something you can look at. It's like for sure they're going to finish the yeah. beer bottle and then they're going to throw it at the rock so it breaks on it.
1: That's like, see that's so why would you do that? Because you have to come down. You're going to step on that like that or somebody else will. Like that's just so silly.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just one of those fucking sad but true things. There's lowest common denominators, fucking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Just slack jawed fucking morons just walking around living impulsively.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I actually I had two, a couple of my buddies, uh, his, him and his, I guess it's now his wife, they just had their wedding yesterday and it was at one of their favorite rock climbing spots because that's how they met was actually rock climbing out here in Utah. Nice. Oh,
0: dude, Utah's got a so, slew of it.
1: <laughs> we got, I mean, we passed, like I said, coming out coming out of the canyon yesterday I think we passed like two or three groups that you could see that were in there like on the, the cliff faces and they're like right, rock climbing like there's there's so many places if you ever get the chance to come out here like I can put you up with some folks that to be like here's my buddy go take him
0: yeah one of it's the like, places
1: cause I, I've never rock climbed before so I could I couldn't I know a lot of folks <laughs> that do so that's awesome
0: yeah I don't know how you could be involved in the outdoor community in, 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 in any sort of capacity in Utah and not you know, at least know people that that do it. It's it's such a mecca in in America for for all sorts of climbing. You know, yeah, you guys have got just so many different types of places. I mean, like you were saying, you go one direction, you're in the desert. You go another direction, you're in you know really tall mountains, and there, there's all sorts of shit, man. There's exactly there's some of like the the hardest sport climbing. I think it's it's called like
1: Cathedral
0: or Saint George or something like that.
1: St. George is down, yeah, it's about three hours south of me.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and that's, like, there's a, a, a pro climber named
0: Joe Kinder that has established a lot of super hard shit that's, it's, it's about as close, like, right now to go to, like, the, some of the hardest, like, the big concentration of super hard cutting-edge sport routes, you'd go to, like, Spain, and, and he's found pretty similar features in St. George. And then there's a conglomerate area called Maple Canyon, to where it's just a whole bunch of uh it, it it almost looks like really big like river rocks and stuff that are all just welded in with various other sand scrub straight and stuff like that and it's just big walls of like these cobbles that you know they're slightly overhanging on some of them and stuff and it it, it it'd be almost like climbing up like a decorative fucking fireplace going up the outside of someone's house you know where they got mm. all the river rocks just uh, mortared together yeah it's crazy yeah it's fucking yeah, bloody looking,
1: no. dude <laughs> Because I know a lot of guys, like, man, they go down to, like, Moab area and stuff like that and go rock climbing. Because that's all, like, the slot canyons and everything. Oh, yeah. They got to do a lot of canyoneering down there and go climbing and everything. And then, like I said, where we were, there's more, like, um, just basically, like, cliff faces and everything. That That's what that more of it up here is. And then, of course, like I said, and, of course, we're close enough to where if you wanted to go out to, like, Yellowstone. I mean, I think Yellowstone from here is only... I think maybe eight hours, eight to 10 hours, I think it is. Cause it's only 10 hours to LA. So I think it's a little bit closer to get to Yellowstone from Salt Lake. But still, like it's, yeah, climbing out here, like it's one of the biggest things. I mean, there's uh, within, I can leave my house right now. And probably by the end of this podcast, I could be at a climbing gym. That's how close the nearest <laughs> one is. Like yeah. they're everywhere out here.
0: Oh, I, I yeah, I bet. You know, if, if you got a user group, then hell yeah, that's going to be a, Um, you know, a viable business model there for sure. Um, there's, uh, I think that, I think that maybe there's like a gym getting built here in Cedar Rapids. I don't know. There's been like rumors about it forever, but like, I, I just have my, my garage, uh, bouldering wall that, that I built that it's like half of it's like 13 degrees overhanging and then the really steep walls, like 55 degrees overhanging and then it's like full roof up above it and everything. And nice. Yeah. I'm, i I, I let myself get into such terrible shape that, like, that was, like, part of the... Like, like I was kind of telling you earlier before we started recording that when you go back and look at the history of the hiatuses this show goes on, usually a big reason that that happens is is I, I just have, like, a crash of sorts and, 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 you know, go through, like, a period of depression pretty much, and, and a lot of that stems from just self-image. That you know, when I got those injuries and then climbing wasn't a huge part of my life anymore, I started gaining weight back, and it's like I haven't backslid all the way up to my the heaviest I was ever at. But man, I got close enough that um, after just seeing myself in family vacation photos, I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck you, fat asshole! What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> you know, and it was like, no, I... just go through a period where it's like really hard to like myself, so then it's really hard to believe in yourself fucking doing anything and it more or less culminated with like really pushing me back into the gym and like i went out and cleaned up my garage and because half of it's a climbing gym and the other half is just like a regular gym and really getting after it and so now for about um i think it's been close to a month if not slightly over a month somewhere right in there i've been eating real healthy and i've i've dropped a bunch of weight and it feels good to be getting out into the gym again. And I, I'm just more stoked on climbing than I have been recently. And so been getting after that in the gym and actually got outdoors last weekend and got on a rope. I didn't climb anything. I just did some rappelling and found out that I'm still too fat to rappel. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, one of the most terrifying rappels I've ever done in my life.
1: Because uh, Rope's like giving a little bit more than it should.
0: <laughs> no, the the rope was solid. The rope was solid. Um before I weighted it and went over the edge, I just like leaned against the tree that I was anchored to for a really long time. And because I'm I'm repelling on a dynamic rope also, so the rope stretches like up to 30%. Gotcha. Like during a lead fall. Gotcha. So I'm like trying to take as much of the dynamics out of that first short section as possible. And uh but no, I I would um always rappel on a a uh, an auto locking belay device that I use called a Petzl Grigri, uh-huh. and, um, and it works more or less like a seatbelt in a car. And so if yeah. if you're rappelling on it, the the cam is already activated, and you have to pull back a lever and slowly release the cam, and then it lets off where it's pinching the rope, and then it lets you slide down the rope. Well, even with the 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 cam fully locked on, I was still slowly inching down the rope. <laughs> and and then for some reason I didn't bring leather gloves with me so I wasn't wearing gloves on the rappel and so like every time I would let the handle out like I would start going down way faster than I should have and like just squeezing with my brain hands meant I was burning my right hand and so at some point going down like this 40, 45 foot rappel I was like just get to the
1: ground, just get to the
0: ground (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like all right, not doing that again I'm just hanging out in the woods the rest of the day
1: exactly
0: Oh man, but, um. I, I've pretty much cut out drinking too. It's like I, I've switched to, I'll, now if I'm going to drink, I'll have like maybe three white claws, which makes me feel really cool, but it's only 300 calories. Well, there ain't,
1: there ain't, there ain't no laws when you ain't drinking the claw.
0: <laughs> right? That's the thing, right?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we just... Uh we just got a big hit in utah of course that that whole like siltzer phases hit us out here and one of the local breweries here actually makes theirs and they're the only one that actually kegs it right now and so like all the bars it's been the easiest thing for me to sell into there because everyone's on that kick but like theirs is only like 80 calories it's zero sugar like and they have like two flavors but they've been killing it out here with that kind of stuff i don't, I don't know where it came from i guess it's because of people on like the keto and of course wanting to get healthy and I think it's a healthy alternative to it, but it's been, it's, it's crazy. But Hey, people want to drink it, keep drinking, at least drink my product. You know, I keep putting the money in my pocket. I don't care what people drink.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Amen. Right. (laughs) Just keep moving that product.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And that's the big thing too. Like we got like, uh, I was supposed to fly back home to Mississippi like in October and then, the Utah Senate passed the law to where we're jumping from, uh, three point two percent by volume or three point two percent by volume and like four percent alcohol to five percent alcohol, which is kind of which is like the national standard, I guess you would say. Um, and so like they blacked out like the whole half of October, like the first two weeks of November, or just because we're gonna have so much beer that we're gonna have to sell all the three point two stuff to get it out before we can bring the five percent or before we can bring the four point two percent stuff in, which is like ridiculous, and it's we got so many bars that are like, okay, well, what are we gonna do with our backup kegs? So, be like, well, you put that shit for cheap and sell it, get it out of there because we're not gonna be able to buy it back. So, yeah. but it's 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 a headache right now of having to get everything switched over. Like, come the end of the end of I think the, the last quarter of October, like. The so Kroger's and Smith's, which is one of our grocery stores, all the major market stores are stopping orders until they get uh, to that November first date when we can put some product in. And then, like the gas stations here are going to run all them stuff out of beer. So they pretty much the only two places you'll be able to get it is uh, at a bar or at uh, the, the state liquor stores. So it's it's a headache. I can't wait till the switch happens and it's over. We get everyone pretty much stocked back up with the five percent stuff and be done with it
0: yeah I mean, wow that sounds like a big headache but i mean i suppose in the end if you know people are gonna be able to drink uh well beer and stuff that's a little bit stronger i mean 2.3 that just sounds like
1: yeah, yeah 3.2 is is well this thing about this is oh, like people go. always look at it yeah 3.2 and people always look at it as like oh you know it's only 3.2 percent. i can come to salt lake and i can drink you know so much and i get trash it's like yeah but you're coming from like podunk florida where the elevation is like thousands of feet below us mm, that's a really that little good point. That you you come up here to utah and the elevation switches on you by a couple thousand feet you're you know you're basically taking in a lot less air so your body's having to work and process a lot more you're gonna get drunk plenty fast trust me like it's not it's not a walk in the park because i learned that lesson when i moved from mississippi i was like oh yeah <laughs> you know i could kill a 12 pack and be totally fine i got up here and i was like yeah, this is freaking ridiculous. How am I drunk off like three beers? And they're like, yeah, it's elevation. I'm like, oh yeah, well, that makes more sense. Wow. What what elevation are you guys oh, at? Uh so here in Salt Lake. Actually, I downloaded an elevation up the other day. I don't know if it's at the top of my head. Um <laughs> I don't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> oh no, it's all good.
0: I, I think I think we're at 740 in the town that
1: I live in. Yeah. We're at 423. Four hundred twenty-three thousand. Yeah. So. Um, 40, yeah, it's pretty 42,000 thousand, forty-two. You're forty-two hundred. Excuse me, <laughs> not thousand. Forty-two hundred. It's like
0: you're in the depth yeah, forty-two
1: thousand. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Forty-two hundred. <laughs> my bad. Yeah. So they we're right, right above that.
0: Like that's some like vertical limit stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that terrible movie with Chris O'Donnell?
1: Oh, don't even. Uh, that was so <laughs> terrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude years and years ago um okay so there's a, a state recreation area that has a man-made lake and it's real close to where i live and so that's like one of my go-to places to get like a hike in and when when the kids were really little i think we just had the one we had our first one and we're out there walking and it was a really windy day and there were all these white caps on the lake and it was really pretty. And we noticed all these dudes wearing like wetsuits and were out like windsurfing. And so then we're walking past part of the lake and this guy is like standing there. He's an older guy and he's got like a big goatee and like long, like gray hair and stuff. And he's wearing a wetsuit. And this guy was really, really stoked on windsurfing. And so like he, started talking to me and then at one point like he'd asked if you know if i do it and i was like "No," nah. i was like I, I i rock climb and stuff and so then he latched on that and got really really excited and launched into the 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 intro part from vertical limit where where they're all climbing as a family and then there's a fall and they tangle up with other people and they're all just hanging out in space from like one piece of fucking gear or something like that and the dad is screaming at the at this at the son that he's got to cut the rope to save his daughter and so this guy's like like really going for it like trying to win an academy award out on the side of this fucking lake going for it yelling about how you got to cut the rope to save your sister and shit and he's like is it like that Is that what it's like? (laughs) In that moment, I'm like, I should say, yes, it's just like that. Every time
1: somebody dies. (laughs) (laughs) If ain't nobody dying, you ain't having fun.
0: (laughs) But that was seriously like, have you ever had a conversation with somebody where they're giving you such an intense ear beating that it has triggered your flight or fight response? Or your fight or flight
1: response. Oh, trust me.
0: In like every part of your being I'd, is like, just turn around and run. <laughs> like, don't even let him st- come to an end of his sentence. Just turn and run.
1: <laughs> See, that did that because all my years of bartending, I've ran into those people all the time. And I always wow, luckily. You're trapped. I always, yeah. And then it always sucked when I was working by myself because when I was working with somebody else, I'd be like, yeah, man, that's that's really cool, dude. And i would be like, Hey, Ashley, can you get his drink for me real quick? I'm gonna help this person and I'd put it off on somebody else. <laughs> but when you're sitting there by yourself in the bar, it's like you can't you just gotta and especially when they're like one or two people in there because the other person you probably didn't want to talk to either when you're a bartender. so you're like you're just kinda stuck and you're just kinda like, Okay, man, that's that's cool. It's like you just try to like turn up the music a little bit louder and, you know, do everything as you can. they just wanna keep on telling you about, you know, whatever it is.
0: Wow. Yeah, man, that, <laughs> that would kind of happen when I worked at a convenience store. Only it would be, I mean, cause sometimes people come in and they just like post up like over off to the side on the counter
1: and be, oh, like, yeah. be like,
0: oh, I didn't ask for this.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're sitting there trying to help other customers and they're trying to keep their story going. And you're like, bro, it's like I'm trying to, I'm trying to work here.
0: <laughs> it's like, read the body language. Am I never squared up, pointed at you? <laughs>
1: Exactly. I clearly just, don't care. <laughs> just some people—they don't—they just don't get it. But I mean, hey, social cues—social cues are important.
0: Yeah. Or they'd have the people that would just hang out and just like occupy one of the two registers, and just do nothing but just buy scratch tickets over and over again. And it's like, am, oh, am man. I wearing a little weird green visor? Like, I am not working at a fucking casino here. It's like,
1: buy your scratch tickets
0: <laughs> and fuck off into the night.
1: I uh, exactly. Because you. <laughs> if you're not winning them here, maybe the next gas station down the road, you can win them there.
0: <laughs> or then if the people who would come in and ask, like, is the big one already been won in that sleeve? It's like, I don't know. I don't keep track of that. <laughs> And then they get mad if you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, "Fuck, man,
1: it's a yeah. game of chance." All right? <laughs> it's so f- it's so funny. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> we have a buddy here. We have a buddy here who uh we when we go on like vacations like that, we go camping up in like Idaho or we go down to Vegas or something. He uh I don't know how he does it, but he'll go to like cuz in Idaho they have like vending machines that you can just go up there and like get the tickets out of yourself. Like, you don't even have to talk to like the register person. And for some reason, he'll go in and Put like 20 bucks in. He'll buy a bunch of one cards. He'll buy a bunch of $5 cards. And then somehow he'll always hit like 500 to to $1,000 on one card. Woo! And it's like, you little shit. It's like, yeah, I was like, you're buying the beer now. Thanks, bud.
0: <laughs> well, that person clearly has a system worked out.
1: <laughs> I don't. I think he's just lucky. I mean, the rest of his life is kind of a mess. So I was like, hey, if he gets that, it's good for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like how you quantified it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking hilarious! <laughs> oh man, when, when you were talking about all the people with their uh, like all wheel drives and stuff in uh, in Utah, I, I just recently bought a '99 Toyota 4Runner uh, SR5. It's uh, it, it's in it's in pretty good shape considering it's 20 years old. But I am man, I am so stoked to finally have something that's four wheel drive, and be able to get oh. the backcountry places here in Iowa. "Quote unquote back country."
1: It's, it's probably the it's probably the same feeling I had because I got a because uh, I, I drove up here and uh, when I moved, here, I had my little like two wheel drive Ranger, and that's like the first two or three winters. It was like a death trap. I can't tell you how many times Ooh. I got 360 in the middle of the interstate with it. Yeah, because I didn't have any weight in the back, and like then I finally bought went to Lowe's, bought a bunch of center blocks. So every winter I would just, uh, you know take them out of my storage unit, put them all in the back of my truck. But then I finally sold it, and I got an 01 Xterra. and oh, then just like you said, like it's dope. I can, yeah. And I found one. It was an '01, and when I bought it, it was it only had like 130,000 miles on it, and I've only put and I was like three almost three years ago, and I've only put at now it's at 148,000 miles. So like oh, wow. it's it's still under there. Yeah, it's still very little mileage for the year it is, but during the place out here that i can't get to with that thing and the four-wheel drive is nice almost almost kind of screwed it up well i mean it really wasn't my fault it was the time the belt went away uh gave out on me and oh yeah luckily enough with the with that motor it's i forgot what it's called it's like a uh it's an
0: interference engine not,
1: it's not a interference engine yeah and so like i took to my buddy's shop and he was like dude's like i don't know how you didn't like Break a rod in there. Yeah, yeah. How did He's you like, you got lucky. i'm a
0: fucking piston head into a valve, or let alone yeah, several valves. Exactly. At once and just fucking. Ugh. Yeah, those interference yep. engines are he, no joke. That's what I ran into with mine too. Is that I I got it, and then after the fact, uh my mechanic, who's who's um a, a really good friend of mine too, was like, Dude, you didn't ask about the timing belt. Like, you should have worked that into the deal that they had to pay for that. And so right off the bat, I had to get the fucking timing belt changed and. Kid. Yeah, it's that's expensive as fuck, isn't it?
1: <laughs> Dude, I had what. Luckily for me, like I got a, one of my bar regulars here in uh, Salt Lake. He does like car auctions and stuff like that, and he has his own shop. And so, with uh, when he comes to the he came to the bar, and I was like, hey, I just I need a timing belt changed out. He goes, okay, just bring it by the sh- shop, and then next thing you know, it's like it cost me less than five hundred dollars to have it replaced. And so I was like, all right, cool. But he's like, I want you to look at this timing belt i swear to you it had about a good six inches of teeth missing. he was like Ugh. that's why he was like i don't know how you didn't throw it and mess that engine up because he was like and that's the first thing like he was worried about once he took the tubber belt off and saw it he was like we're gonna put this one on there and run it and it's either a we're gonna have to put a new engine in it or b you're like you got super lucky and luckily enough knock on wood i got super lucky so i uh, because when he told me, I thought I'd have to put a new engine in it. I was just like, fuck that. I was like, it's this is not going to be worth it. But I, I I, get lucked out, so I take care of it. Like, I got, I've got to take it back into him here pretty soon, and I'm going to have him. Because I think the only thing left that I haven't replaced on it yet from like the original parts is like the alternator and the starter. So I'm going to take it back in and have him just go ahead and change those out just to make sure. Because that's the, the last of, I think, of you know, regular maintenance. stuff. Because I've already had spark plugs and all that kind of stuff changed out on it. And when it went down with the timing belt, I thought it was actually my fuel pump, so I changed that in a uh, in the parking lot of the gas station I was at, hoping hoping <laughs> that that was it, and it wasn't. So I was just like, "Oh well." But yeah, it's there's only a few things I got to take care of it, but it's yeah. Those four wheel drive, those you know, forerunners and exteriors and all those those cars, especially for out here, they're the best to get anywhere.
0: Yeah, I remember oh. the the first time the. That- the Xterras came on my radar. It was a commercial on TV that showed people and they had them like out in the back country. And there was a, a tent that you could like basically just leave the hatch open. And there was a tent that hooked directly around to it to, to give you extra space where you can just camp right inside the vehicle where you just fold the back seats down and then you got this space right in there. And that was one of the things I yep. was stoked to be able to do with this forerunner is, you know, just more or less get like a mosquito net or something like that with a bunch of magnets around the ends where you can just kind of
1: just run it off the top.
0: Yep. Yep. Just just run run it to the bottom. Yep. Or it's like, if, if I get to a point where I'm feeling super baller, you can get one of those thousand dollar tents that mounts up on top of the vehicle. Like, Oh yeah. Fucking Safari.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Everyone, everyone Friday night that came up like past us is because where we were, there's more camping, like up the mountain a little bit. And so like everyone that came past us, it was nothing but forerunner Tacoma, uh, uh, what's the new ones? FJs, you know, Jeep, yeah. you know, that's basically all everyone had. And luckily enough, like the girlfriend, she only has like a Nissan Rogue, and she got up there fine. And uh, but yeah, everyone had the little like tents on top of their roofs and all that kind of stuff. And wow, it was yeah, people out here got money. It's just ridiculous. It's like, fortunately, <laughs> I haven't found the trees they're growing it on yet. But when yeah. I do, I'll let you know. <laughs>
0: Shit, right now th- that was one of the first things I did was jump on like Forerunner uh, forums. And, and look at all the different mods and stuff that other people did. It's like, it, I I would like to get some some good trail tires on it at some point, and, and maybe even get those a little beefier just to make it look a little meaner.
1: But oh yeah, like it,
0: I, I don't want to go too crazy in like modding out this thing. More or less, I just need it to. Um, there's this one uh, private crag that that I have access to that that I'm friends with the landowners and, and they're pretty stoked about me turning it into a climbing area. Um, not necessarily, you know, just more or less just something to where if there's people in their family that want to get on it, then they can go do it. And then, you know, me and my family can, and I could, you know, take select friends out there and shit just as long as they know about it beforehand. But the only deal is, is there's a, a level B road that's involved getting out there and my Saturn would not cut it. And so yeah. Now I've got this thing that, you know, it's four-wheel drive, it's it's got high clearance, it's got a skid plate under the front independent four-wheel suspension. You'll be push, good to go. And fuck yeah. <laughs> Dude, I am so stoked. And uh yeah, yeah, just gotta keep on with my fitness and um keep dropping that weight and get down to good fighting shape for climbing and man, get out there and start bolting those routes and building the trail and and all that it's going to be fucking sick, man. And God, I, I, I'm just been chomping at the bit to just go out there, but we've been having so much rain lately that it's like,
1: ah, oh, you'll be fine in that. Just kick it in kick it into the loaf, or you'll be fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, these these places are like if, if it's been raining and shit like that, it's like I have no motivation to go out to the climbing places in Iowa because you're, you're you're just gonna go on the worst slip and slide of your life.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I <I'd> imagine.
0: Because. <laughs> You know, I mean, nothing's too tall, but it's like the stuff is—it's—it's it's tall enough to kill you or seriously injure you, if—if if you fuck around and fall off of it. I mean, you know, it's—we don't got anything like Yosemite, but I mean, fuck—if you fall from fifty feet or or go down a fucking fifty-foot gully, you know, with like rocks jutting out everywhere and shit like that, it'll fuck it'll fuck you up all the same.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's not this that is fun at all. <laughs> Dude, I, yeah. I, I, I pictured
0: rocks park. There is there's a real popular formation called Ship Rock and it's got the the easiest it's not the easiest route in the park, but it's the one that the most amount of beginners and crowds of beginners are all drawn to. It's called Tarzan. It's like fifty foot tall and like right smack dab in the middle of it. It's got maybe seven and a half feet of like actual climbing, but the bottom and the top are, are more or less just kind of scrambles. Where it's like you you don't even really need to know climbing technique to get through the beginning or the top part, and you just got to do a couple moves.
1: Yeah, it's just like, kind of easy.
0: Yeah, and like since it's yeah. on limestone and it's had you know fucking thousands of people on it probably over the years, it's it's polished up and everything's really fucking slippery on it and shit. But Ship Rock is this like freestanding like pillar of rock that's kind of off from the the rest of the bluff face, and so there's this big gully trail that goes up behind the formation and there's a little trail this kind of switchbacks like very narrowly to where you're grabbing like fucking tree roots and shit like that to get up to the bluff top from there and man if it's been raining all weekend and you try and go up or down that thing and you're not 100 percent focused on what you're doing you're gonna take a slip and slide exactly like what i described
1: Oh man. Oh, that's gotta be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Nope. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll keep my feet on the ground. I gotta tell people that I'll say, Oh yeah, I wanna go, you know, skydiving or you know, hang gliding and stuff. And I'm like, no, if that's I that was meant to be, I'd be the bird.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I feel the same way about skydiving. That's see with with climbing, it's like climbing or rappelling, I'm really putting all my trust in the gear. And the fact that I'm utilizing the gear correctly, I'm wearing my harness correctly, I have my harness double backed at the buckle if you know if it requires it. I, I've tied in correctly through the tie-in loops. I tied my knot correctly. I ensured my belayer is set up all correctly, and and then you leave the ground and put yourself into the the place where danger is inherent to what you're doing. If you've done it all correctly, you're fine. But with with skydiving there there's an element where it's like you're just out there and it's like yeah you, yeah, can you
1: can't check your shoot. you can't pull that, that shoot that. on the ground <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't know there's just been too many cases where especially like in the climbing community there's a lot of people that'll get into base jumping and, and wing wingsuiting and stuff like that and like i i like i don't follow any sports and the closest i get to it is kind of following what's going on in, in professional climbing and, and climbing news updates and stuff like that. And I've just read way too many things about, you know, famous climbers that that died. Um, if, if you watched Free Solo, I don't know if they directly name him or if they just allude to him, but there was another soloist named Dean Potter that, that died recently. And, and I, they, they almost kind of make it sound like he died free soloing when they bring him up in, in free solo, if I'm remembering all this correctly, but really he died in a, a wingsuit accident. He, he was oh, in, in Yosemite and yeah, that one hurt, you know? <laughs> and oh. that's just too close to the edge. I, I wouldn't want to do that. And, and the other one that's, it's like right at that same level, but it's a similar, a similar rationale is that I would never want to get into spelunking like the thought of getting on my stomach or on my back and like exhaling all the air out of my lungs so I can shimmy past a tight spot in a cave and, it, and it's going to get up bigger on the other side. No, nope. That, nope, that, nope. That is an entirely different good. terror to me to where.
1: Yeah. And, and it's not even like the darkness part of it too. Cause I'm not afraid of the dark at all, but it's just getting the tight spaces of getting stuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'll stay above ground. That's where I'm supposed to be.
0: Like I remember being like a little kid and like having my 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 older cousin like trap me in a sleeping bag or something like that. It just no, that would that's fucking terrifying. I I can't I can't abide that. Like I I don't know. I I pride myself on my ability to keep my cool at most times, but I don't think I could in a situation like that where I felt constrained all around and I was. I mean, there's how many times have you read a fucking news blurb about caver spelunker dies? couldn't retrieve body from where he's stuck at. So now he's just,
2: now he's,
1: exactly. or now he's one-eyed trapped Willy. there for seven days. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That,
2: man. Fuck it's like, that.
1: yeah, he's, he's way too down in there that even the rescue team don't want to go get him. Yeah. You shouldn't been down there in the first place, bud.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Cause there's a, there's a cave at pictured rocks and it goes back like over a hundred feet into the bluff or something. And it has squeeze spots in it. And I'd run into those people they would be coming out of the cave and they'd be wearing like, you know, like volleyball knee pads and shit like that. And they'd be just goddamn filthy from crawling through fucking mud and what's probably bat shit. Uh, fuck that. Fuck that shit. They're like, well, like you yeah. scared to do this, but you'll go climb that 50 foot route. And I'm like, if at any point I'm scared, I can just tell my belayer to lower me. <laughs> and then I on
1: terra. Firma, <laughs> exactly. There ain't nobody. There ain't nobody there to pull your ass out of that
0: hole yeah especially if you're a fucking fat bastard i'm fucking squeezing into there i mean even at my skinniest i was still fucking 200 pounds i like, mean fucking doing that
1: well yeah that must be the worst part about it too is like you know you're the one that gets you know you get through the hole first you're all good to go next thing you know you got jimbo behind you and all of a sudden you're stuck so people <laughs> behind you can get out but yeah you're stuck in the hole because you can't because jimbo's stuck now It's like come on man that's fucking
0: terrible I didn't even consider that, dude. Um you know one thing I will do though is if there's like an actual cave tour, like going through something something that's set up and it takes, you know, tour groups through a cave and stuff, I love those. Those are awesome, but it's like okay, this is this is not the same as like real spelunking. And I'm sure people who are hardcore cave explorers like really turn their nose up at guided tour uh guided tours of caves, right?
1: Oh yeah, I'm sure like it's It's got to be that because I'm sure they're probably like, oh, well, you know, know, they're going to those guided tour where, like, you know, there's paved walkways down in there with handrails and stuff for people to hold on to. And, you know, you got the lights with, you know, with the certain stalagmites and all that stuff, you know, showing. And they probably look down on it, but it's like, hey, it's like you enjoy what you want to enjoy and we'll uh, stick to safety protocols.
0: Yeah, for real. (laughs) My wife and I did one of those. In uh, Colorado's, either in Colorado Springs or just outside of it, it was called Cave of the Winds, and it, it you know it had floors that were paved like fucking sidewalks and shit, and stairs in it, and everything was lit up with lights, and and they had a you know every every cave I've been into they had a rule where they don't want you touching anything because the oils on your fingers will then transfer onto the rocks, and then the water will not deposit minerals on the rocks. And so the rock is effectively killed because in a way rock is kind of living in that, you know, water minerals that are in the water will transfer onto the rock before it drips off. That's how you get stalactites and stalagmites. And oh, yeah. and once you've touched it, like the oils from your, the oil residue from your hands will
1: destroy that. And basically clogs its pores.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. It just makes it so that mineral rich water will just run off without depositing the minerals. And and I remember yeah. there was one spot in the cave where they all encouraged us to touch, and it was um, a germaphobe's nightmare. <laughs>
1: but oh my goodness, yeah,
0: this area—it was like this like little shelf of of rock that kind of stuck off, and it looked like it had run through a rock polisher, like it was gleaming. It was so, like I've never oh, seen man. something so polished. Like in all my years of climbing, when you'd see polished holds that would just suck dick to climb on, <laughs> but actually seeing this thing, like it was crazy. It, it shone like glass.
1: Oh, that's that's crazy.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, man, there was another room in that cave where there was an original Thomas Edison light bulb in the ceiling.
1: Holy crap! And it was still. It was Wait, still did somebody operating. donate it to them, or
0: no? When they first set up the cave tour, the, it was all Thomas Edison bulbs in it. That's how. Like, oh, that's that's how long the cave tours had been operating. In the cave of The winds it was cool and then Holy they did crap. the thing where they shut off all the lights and show you what absolute darkness really is
1: yeah i did uh it was kind of funny because i wasn't paying attention i was in um chattanooga <laughs> tennessee and they have one called uh it's, it's on lookout i think it's by lookout mountain is that uh rock city i forgot what it is What what the cave's actually called but they did that thing too i was talking about or a brother or something and we weren't paying attention all of a sudden all the lights went out and here everyone starts screaming i was just like okay this is how we die <laughs> you'll see a fucking but yeah like mom on the other side of my, the room yeah, exactly like two little, like red eyes and I'm like okay we got, mom was right we're going to hell you shall not pass <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh that place we went that place we went up to this weekend uh on friday there's actually one of those caves it's called uh tipanoga's cave and uh it's a it's it's kind of the same thing like that you actually have to hike up the side of the mountain pretty good it's about a quarter mile hike to get up to it but apparently i've never been in but the girlfriend said that her like she's been in there a couple of times so she's from uh here and uh she said it's pretty nice to go into and stuff like that and they of course they do that same thing with them too really turn the lights off and but like you see what the pitch black is and everything. So that's but yeah, it's it's a pretty, pretty popular destination here in, in Salt Lake area.
0: Yeah. See, that that's tame enough to where it's like, OK, this is this is now OK for me. But like some people say, you know, oh, we got to try skydiving. Just just do a tandem jump. And I'm like, OK, yeah, because I want to die strapped to some other dude's fucking crotch. That exactly. That fucking great. Yeah,
1: no thanks. Again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> at least you're not potentially dying alone, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, much better prospect than what you started out at. <laughs> at, least, at least for some people, you know.
0: Man, yeah, but um, what you said there about hiking up the side of the mountain, man, That's that's the sort of shit that I've been, like, really, really craving lately, is just hiking big fucking hills.
1: And... Oh, dude!
0: I'm—I'm
1: I'm, I'm gonna tell you—it sounds—it sounds—it sounds so much fun. It does. It really does. But when you go from like forty-two hundred feet to like eight thousand feet hiking, and it's pretty much—you know—you're hitting the switchbacks and going all up, it is not for this. Not for the faint of heart no okay no, like it's fucking serious yeah and what pisses, you, what pisses you off is that you got these little fucking skeletons running by you like full sprints up the mountain you're like all right fuck you buddy <laughs> and yeah, I'll see man, you on, I'll see people. you when I, I'll see you on your way back down when I'm coming still my way up
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you have you uh, heard of the incline that's in Manito Springs Colorado Uh,
1: uh-uh, I haven't it was like an old I know there's a beard named after it or something out here
0: I think it was like an old cog railroad that went directly up the side of a mountain and then it was decommissioned. And then it was pretty much just the, I think the rails were removed and everything. And it was just like the wooden cross timbers that were left. And then people were going up and running those. And so now it's turned into like a really huge, like runner's destination. And I think they've actually shorted up. And I think for a while it was illegal, and now it's like, they've kind of embraced it and, 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 You know, did they do maintenance on it and shit like that now. But man, looking at pictures of it, it was like that looks amazing. I mean, it's just this narrow track of basically just really wide wooden steps that just go straight up the top of this huge fucking slope. And people go and try and run up it and then run back down it and
1: Yes, yeah, I couldn't imagine. And that's just I mean, what about – that's the funny thing about it is, is that one of my favorite hikes here, it's up to uh, we, its up to uh, what we call the Three Sisters because there's three lakes. It's like Lake Blanche, Lake Mary, and I forgot what the last one is. Um, but it takes like – like a, the hike going up, it's like three hours long, but you can get down it in like an hour and a half as far as like the way the – of course, with this – the way you're like moving and, and how your body's kind of like – of course, with gravity pulling you down a little bit quicker – then going up, but yeah, it's it's such a pretty hike to do, and there's always people up there. But once you get up there, I mean, you're it's a beautiful sight to see, and it's it's really really right. Like the, this summer, they said it was really crowded as far as people going up there because not a lot of many, uh not a lot of people used to do it. But with um, they did this like whole initiative here in the last like summer or two of a lot of people trying to clean up the trails and stuff because they're trying to. Get Salt Lake back in the running for like the Olympics and stuff again. And so they're trying to make our area more touristy to bring more people back in. And so, luckily for us, they're cleaning up a lot of stuff they should be, you know, should have been taken care of already. But them cleaning up the trails and everything uh, has been really helpful with all that.
0: Yeah, dude, I I hear about the potential of doing a hike with an elevation gain like that, and it just makes me salivate because like the biggest gains we get here are like you know, like 200 foot between the top of the bluff and, and where the river runs through, which is big for Iowa. But, but to really do burly hikes here, you gotta, you gotta incorporate lots of ravines where you're going up and then back down and then up and then back down to like really make it a killer hike. And, and there's a pretty decent trail for that right close to my house, but you I, I, I can link it together. Like the most I've done is it's, it's a loop. And so I've linked it together Three times before, where I've done it one direction, and then turned around, did it the opposite direction, and then turned around, did it the opposite direction again. And I think it turned into 32 floors of elevation gain. So, Ooh, nice. more or less than like 320 feet, but it's not ca- counting any of the downhills. It's just all counting gain. And so, you know, all put together, 300 plus feet of elevation gain is small potatoes. What you're talking about, but. But, man, we've – it's just been so fucking humid lately, and so it's super easy to go out and get a real good sweat on.
1: And Yeah, I imagine. Like, right now, it's, it's perfect time. Like, if you go during the day, like, kind of like early morning, you know, not necessarily around noon or anything, but – because it's not – it's not been getting too hot here. Like, uh, we're staying in, like, the mid – like, high 70s, mid 60s, and so – uh it's plus it's not getting up into the 70s until like three or four in the afternoon so like this is right now like right before it starts snowing again and everything getting up there like you you take like a light jacket because by the time you get up to where you're going it's going to be a little bit chillier than we're sure down in the canyon of course but yeah this is the perfect like doing those kind of hikes right now because it's not super hot it's not super cold either and usually like there's a but this time of year, more people are getting ready to get all their skiing and stuff going on, and so there's not many people on the trails.
0: Yeah, this has been an unseasonably hot September for us. It's been in the 80s fairly consistently with like 100% humidity. It's like, what the fuck is going on? This is this does not feel like September in Iowa. It's I'm I've been worrying that it's going to be one of those shit years where it's just goes from really hot and gross to to cold and we don't get those nice temperate days where you can just be out in, in you know, jeans and like a light hoodie or even like a t-shirt if it's sunny out and it's about perfect. Like those, yeah. are, those are the, my favorite days in the woods. Um, but yeah. I, I'm also looking forward to it to be in winter. Really? I, I'm the older I get, the more I look forward to winter. I don't know why.
1: Oh man. i like, I was, I tried to fly fish as much as I could this summer and I only got, only got to be able to get out like two or three times. But now, like, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I need to sneak the lakes to freeze over so we can go ice fishing. Like, that's what I'm looking for. See,
0: I, I did um, a lot of ice fishing when I was a kid, but I haven't done it in years and years.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, the past two winters I got into it and I got into it pretty heavy. And that's, it's, it's, to me, it's so much fun. And like, it's a different type of fishing you know overall because you can't you can't really see where it's at and it's you know you're putting your bait down in a hole that you really can't see past you know maybe a foot or two so you got to kind of like just put it down there and hope for the best and just kind of you know send it down as far as you can to see if they're sitting at the bottom or you just basically just kinda have to find out where they are which you can of course like you know you're probably going out there sit all day and not catch a darn thing but yeah it's this ice fishing is pretty fun. I got a bunch of friends that are like, you know, I don't, I would never get out there. And I was like, I've been out there on ice where, you know, it's still two or three inches thick. I mean, I wouldn't ride a snowmobile on it. But you can hear, like, basically, like, the lake growling from, like, the ice, like, moving and cracking. And you're just like, oh, it's still good. It. We'll be fine. It's just the ice making weird noises.
0: Oh, the weird noises that ice makes is, is one of my favorite parts about – because – i don't do too much ice fishing anymore but one of my favorite parts of winter is just getting out and doing hikes when everything's frozen like that and oh yeah and hearing the different sounds that ice makes is it's fucking otherworldly like the weird the way oh, yeah the, the sound waves travel and like reverberate through the ice and what it does to that sound the way it distorts it and everything it's fucking weird
1: yeah, we've got – there's one reservoir out here called Lost Creek Reservoir, and it's basically surrounded by, like, a good number of, like, high cliffs and everything. And just, like, if you ever get a chance to go out there and, like, hear the ice kind of move and everything and, like, that sound resonates off the walls of, like, the cliffs and everything, like, it sounds like there's a monster under there and it's growling its ass off. It's, yeah. It's still, like, the coolest but yet the most creepiest thing you'll ever hear. Like, it's it's ridiculous.
0: One of the places we used to rock climb a lot, it was a great winter climbing destination because the walls face south. And, uh, and if it was a clear sunny day, you'd have like a little microclimate where you could be climbing in a, it'd be 20 degrees outside anywhere else. But if it was sunny out and there was no direct wind hitting you, you could be climbing in a t-shirt on the wall and be totally comfortable. Like, like, oh,
1: dang, that's nice.
0: I remember one of my buddies took a picture of a, he had a digital thermometer just hanging on the wall. And it was reading 96 right on the wall. But if you walked back 30 feet, it would read 20 degrees. <laughs> Holy
1: crap. <laughs> I
0: know, it was whack. And so like, you just kind of have this magical area where it's like, you know, nobody else is climbing outside in Iowa in the winter, really. They're, all the public places for it. Like, there's one south-facing area, and it's really fucking not worth going to.
1: <laughs> like, if it's yeah. your only just Is it, just, is like, it oh, is overpopulated, insane. or is it just...
0: No, it's just a tiny is it just, track it's just just... like maybe thirty foot tall and it's a mostly uh, super overhanging wall. So it's like there's like a, a couple moderates that you're actually gonna be pretty cold on because unless you're climbing like pretty hard and you're okay with just going out and climbing something really short and really steep. You know, and also when they develop gotcha. it, it's 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 on if you if you get on Mountain Project and look up Iowa and look in Ozark Wildlife Area, and then it's a wall called Hoop Bluff. And it's this short, short little piece of stone that these guys bolted it like it was the only piece of stone in Iowa. Like, they squeezed every fucking route they could think of into this thing. (laughs) Like, when you do a bolt count on just how many bolts and hangers are in this little piece of stone, it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's almost confusing looking at all the different routes on it. Like, you could probably just make up shit all day long it's like like i'm gonna start like on this rafts... corner of the wall and i'm gonna climb up fucking diagonally and link together all these routes and come up with something convoluted and stupid you could do it there
1: one of the one first ones that somebody was like i want to make malls so i'm gonna do it like this crazy ass way
0: <laughs> yeah yeah my, my friends that climbed um the friends that i climbed with when i first got into it that were like the the really hard climbers in the group uh, would always argue about whether link ups on walls are a good idea or not. Because, like, one of them would always say, you know, oh, that's a great way to be climbing one route and then tie up the entire wall because you're now climbing diagonally. And so you're climbing through the route next to that, and then through the route next to that, and then through the route next to that. And so nobody else can climb those other routes that just go straight up because you've just climbed diagonally through it and clipped gear on it. And so I, I can see how it would go both ways. Like, especially if it was a, yeah. a popular crag or something like that. But most most of the places like I, my favorite places to go are always ones where I'm really not going to run into other people um, I, I, I've got a weird duality to my nature like that where I can be really outgoing and like to talk to people and at the same time be completely introverted and not want to talk to any people
1: exactly, I'd be like yeah I just want to go out and do my thing, have my fun and go home and not really have to deal with too many other people <laughs> exactly,
0: especially because I've always had I've been getting better at it. the older I get the better I get at it but it was like, if I'd see somebody doing stupid, something stupid, I'd be like, I have to go tell them that they're doing something stupid. Otherwise they're going to continue doing it. And then after a while I just, I kind of found out, it was yeah. like, all right, all I did was piss them off and they're now they're going to keep doing the stupid behavior just to fucking spite me. And so,
1: yep. Just, I'm, yeah, I'm the, done. they don't learn
0: the least I can do with the general public now, especially in terms of climbing, like the better, like I, I. Like I had mentioned earlier that I used to be in charge of the trail stuff. And I decided that was one more iron that I could take out of the fire. And I, I, I yeah the real problem was saying yes. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 say, I say yes oh, to yeah. many things. And then I find I have so many fucking irons in the fire that I'm not attending anything in my personal time. Because I'm just fucking frazzled. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. And I thought about it too like as much as I like to fish and stuff I thought about like looking into like what could I do to like maybe start like a guide business because I've got it to where out here at least in, around my you know area I know pretty good spots to go fish and and I looked into as far as guide work and all that kind of stuff but I'm like if I go out there and do that then guide's not really like being able to go fish it's like I'm not to sit out there with people and basically show them how to cast, so do all this stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm getting paid probably a good, pretty penny, but it's probably going to be just maybe babysitting adults, which I don't like to do in the first place.
0: Right? Yeah. Now, I, I I'd thought about that before, just because there's there's certain places that are actually public climbing in Iowa, but it, unless you're like a local that's actually taking the time to really go there and really learn where everything is, it's so easy for people. Yeah. You know, quote unquote, get lost in there. Even though it's like, how do you get lost in any fucking place in Iowa? It's like I can't (laughs) go into fucking Utah and getting lost on the side of a mountain. That's a fucking mountain. But you get lost in like a fucking thousand acre preserve. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? If you walk in a straight line long enough, you will eventually hit a corner.
1: Run into. Then you can just
0: follow the fence line. You're eventually going to hit a dirt road.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No. We just had was it, we just had, like, two kayakers get lost on the Great Salt Lake. I don't know, like, it's for some reason they had, like, seven-foot waves out there and I don't know if they capsized, but it's, like, honestly, out here, like, it's every other day, like, there's somebody getting lost up there on a, a trail because either, like, like A, if they didn't properly plan and tell anybody where they were going or how long they were going to be out or, you know, hey, we're headed from point A to point B and this is where we're going to be on the trail and then next thing you know, there's Watch that search and rescue is out there trying to find them so
0: yeah yeah you're it's amazing like how many
1: people rescue. like don't take planning properly
0: <laughs> oh totally right well and you know how many of these are the same fucking morons that go out and throw their beer bottles at the rock and leave their fucking trash everywhere and shit yeah. you know if they're not smart enough uh, I to mean, plan ahead for that you know
1: exactly i mean if it's natural selection doing its job i'm not i'm just going to throw- I had something to say. Hey, you do it. Go ahead. That's, if that's what needed to be done, hey, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're definitely in an area where search and rescue is no joke. Um, it, it's it's totally oh, yeah. needed. And and but man, I mean, there's fuck, well there's here, dumb, there was somebody who tried to fucking do like a high line walk between two tall pieces of rock at pictured rocks and fell like fucking thirty feet and broke their leg or something. and Needed to be fucking hauled out. It's like they're fucking everywhere, man. People just dumb.
1: Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just common sense. It's not. It doesn't. It's not like it was. uh, Doesn't like. Is it isn't passed around as much as it used to be? You know. Yeah.
0: Like one of the things I'm totally spoiled on in Iowa is that there's really no, like apex predators around here that we need to worry about too much in the woods. Whereas where you're at, I mean, there's.
1: There's mountain like, lion concerns about and There's that. bears.
0: Like do you, you ever know, take yeah. any precautions for that when you when you go on hikes or are you
1: more Nah, not necessarily. I mean, because the ones we do have, they're few and far between. And they don't come out of the mountains too much and they don't they don't come down as low. I and mean, if they do come down as low, it's either like they're hungry, and it's usually like them kind of like stocking themselves up for the winter and all that kind of stuff. But we don't run into that that problem pretty too much. Like when I go on hikes and things like that, like we we'll went camping where we were <laughs> I mean, yeah, we probably should have took some kind of, like, mace or something with us, but it's not them. I mean, it's the, the roads. It, the, the stuff out here, the like like I said, where we were, it's too well-traveled, so the human scent is, like, powerful. So they, they usually, like, once they get a whiff of you, they'll, they'll stay away, you know, unless you run up on, like, a mother or something with cubs or anything like that. But for the most part, like, you don't have to worry about that at all.
0: Right on. You're not, like, taking, like— a, a rope and barrel out and shit like that, and putting your food like downwind from your camp up in a tree and shit like that, or
1: no, no, not at all, no. See, just I had unfamiliar... my cooler by the fire with all our food in it.
0: <laughs> See, me being unfamiliar with like hiking in those sorts of areas, like I would almost be like, I would go into that situation being like, well, now I got to find the tree to put my food up in, <laughs> and locals would be looking at the yeah, guy with the no. Iowa license plates, being like, what the fuck is wrong with him? <laughs>
1: I'd mean, be like, well, that's a smart idea. But yeah, like so the most, the only thing you'd really have to worry about up here would be like, if like if a couple of elk walked into your campsite, really. But it's. Recently, like last week or so, they had to relocate a bear, uh, uh, that got into the town of Provo. They had to, they made him go up a tree and then they tranquilized him and he fell out and they took him probably like 30 miles back into like the high you went Like, 're like at least if you're not camping all the way up there, which this time of the year you're not because it's super cold and it snowed already up there already up there. and so it's it's not normal for them to be anywhere close to the city. And most times like you've got to go up you know almost close to 10,000 feet to be able to get to anywhere that that's kind of like that at all.
0: Oh, right on. Yeah. I was going to say, that would be like the equivalent of me going hiking in one of <laughs> Iowa's like, small state parks, and I walked past somebody that has one of those like camelback backpacks on full of water. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh, huh? Like, really? <laughs> like, a, yeah. a 32-ounce Nalgene's not going to make it through the day there, <laughs> Mr. Hydration? <laughs>
1: no. Uh, yep. Up, up here, I, I, you usually have a camel pack and you have a 32-ounce Nalgene, if not two of them.
0: That makes sense.
1: <laughs> and like protein bars and like bananas in case you get cramp. You know, all the essentials.
0: Oh, man. When I did that big hike last weekend, I did it with just like the little – I like one thing I haven't been able to shake is like putting like a cup of chocolate milk in with my coffee in the morning. And so I'm like, all right, the 150 calories or whatever for breakfast, that's not bad. And so I just had that and then did the big hike all the way out there and then just had a single quest bar and then did the hike out. And
1: oh, my Show God, was, perfectly fine.
0: Oh, I, I was just so stoked. Like, um, I remember a year ago on the last trail day at Pictured Rocks, I did afterwards me and a couple of my climbing friends. Went hiking. They wanted to see this one problem, this one boulder problem that I had established that was kind of off the beaten track. And so I took them out and showed them that. And then we hiked way out off trail to like just kind of check out some other areas. And holy shit, those guys were just pulling me through the woods all day. Like I was so fucking out of shape, like taking multiple breaks going up hills and stuff. And dude, last weekend I crushed every fucking hill. And I was even wearing a pack like with all my you know, fucking 200 year and stuff in. and all that shit in it.
1: Nice.
0: Just fucking crushed it. And all just off that, the chocolate milk in the morning and then that quest bar. And so it, I, I just, I went way too long without doing shit like that, you know, just being super yeah. sedentary and, and being okay with it. And, and man, now I'm not, I am fucking not okay with it anymore. And it's, it's done so much for my psyche, you know, cause
1: it was, Oh yeah.
0: I don't know. It, it it's hard to get much out of life when there's a constant thought in the back of your mind that you fucking hate yourself, right? <laughs> and that's really where I was at. Is like I couldn't shake the fact that there was a really big part of my self image that I just could not get down with. I I don't mean to keep dragging this back to the depression talk.
1: Oh, you're on good, like, dude. But
0: like, it, it's kind of all tied in together with me right now. Is that I'm I'm really trying to make a big change in my life and
1: positive, yeah,
0: yeah. And like doing that stuff, like being out in the woods and uh just getting lots of fitness in and stuff is it, just been such a, it's occupying a large part of my mental space recently. And yeah, I don't know. It's certainly been helping a lot, but
1: um, well, even like the small goals, like even like that, being able to go like and do like, even if it's just like small little hikes and things like that, and be able to do it with, you know, not that much um, exertion, you know, of your body. And everything like that, it makes you feel a lot better about yourself than you know what you were like you know months ago when you were saying like you know having been pulled through the woods like even just small baby steps. I mean and that's where I think a lot of people get down about it to where they expect the big goals, the big changes really quickly, and it doesn't work that way. You know, it's got to be a slow, steady pace. But once you can once you start hitting those points, you'll see it, and then it starts moving a little bit quicker and a little bit faster. And then next thing you know, you're like, how did I ever? you know, let myself get to that, you know?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. Ugh, But, um, you know, even with all that, I've, I've been getting in more time watching shit on TV and stuff too. Um, Oh, there you go. I've, uh, I've made it through. I feel like I've made it through all the seasons of American horror story that I want to watch.
1: (laughs) Man, I quit watching that show after they did what was the new Orleans one. They did the season three. I think it was the Coven. coven. I, yeah, I turned that shit off after that. I, I couldn't. They just, they, to me, they made a mockery of that whole thing. And, of course, every little basic white girl up in here was wearing black and fucking sun hats and all that stuff, talking about witches forever. And I'm just like, y'all don't know anything about what y'all are talking about at all. <laughs> I think the only other one I've watched is I watched Freak Show just because it had that killer clown in there, which is really cool.
0: Uh, and that's the next one that's on my agenda to watch.
1: Is, yeah, is Re- K- free show was actually a really good was a really good season. I think it was, and I want to get I want to watch the. I, no, I take that back. I did watch like two episodes of Hotel 2 with the, the one that Lady Gaga was in, yeah. and then I watched like maybe one or two episodes of the the reality show when they did with the Roanoke or Haunted House. So, yeah, but I do want to watch the. I do want to watch this season or just at least give it a chance
0: for the the slasher slasher one, the
1: 1980s slasher. I do Uh want to give it a chance because everyone has said that it's really, really good, but I just, when it comes to that kind of stuff, when it comes to horror stuff, like I have a very, very, I'm not, it's not, I'm not close minded when it comes to horror. I just have like an expectation of what I think horror should be. And I just, as long as it stays to, I guess you say, like my kind of, you know, picks at it, then yeah, I'll like it. But I want I do want to give that a try and see what it's about. Oh.
0: Yeah, that one's, we, we've just been catching them as they go in uh, release on Netflix. Um, we cut yeah. cutting our cable cord a long time ago. And so I've been hearing good things about that. But like the next one that we're actually looking forward to is that Apocalypse is going to drop on Netflix. Um,
1: I, I think within the week. Or oh, so. yeah. Uh, the, what was that that's the one with kind of like the purge type thing i guess with yeah, it's, the the it's senator true. or whatever i think it was the cultish
0: no this is um that's the the cult one that was the last one that came out that, uh. that, that was the last one that dropped on netflix um and that one like my wife is is a huge fan of them and so she's gone through and watched them all and you know if i'm just sitting in the room reading comics or whatever you know reading articles on my phone and it's it's on the TV, I'll end up watching bits and pieces. So, a, a lot of these seasons that I went through and then watched from the beginning, I'd already seen bits and pieces of them. Like, I'd seen bits and pieces of Hotel, I've seen bits and pieces of Freak Show, I've seen the last three episodes of Cult, I think, in full, so I know exactly how that one ends. <laughs> and so that's why I tell my wife, I'm like, I don't know if I need to watch that one. She's like, you really should. I'm like, alright, shit. Um, Hotel yeah. was the one that I had the most amount of Trepidation going into just because of certain things I'd I'd heard from uh, you know said about it in podcasts and stuff like that. But yeah, I ended up really liking that one a lot. I really liked. Um, oh, really? A, a lot of the secondary characters in it. There's a um, there's a a, a character in it that's trans that um, goes. She goes by the name Elizabeth Taylor, and she ended up being one of my favorites in, in that season. I just loved the way that her whole character arc and everything about her went. Uh, Lady Gaga in that did a re- did a really good job. The whole story was was really interesting. I really like the ones where it has the ghosts in it because I like the way American Horror Story does the ghosts. Um, from Yeah. The, very it's like the first, first season. Their first season with Murder House was... The fact was, that... Was awesome. Yeah, it and, was fucking amazing, right? And, and I've watched them all. Yeah. I mean, since they're all anthologies, I've watched them all out of order. I think I watched season two and then season one. And then I watched the hotel season and then I watched Roanoke and then went back and watched three, which was coven. And so I still have cult and freak show to watch, but I'll actually probably watch apocalypse before I watch any of those. And yeah, and I've been trying to get my wife to watch Titans for forever. I I don't know if you have the DC. I don't have the DC. I'm
1: not I'm not a Marvel fanboy, but I guess you could say I'm enough to where, like, getting the DC, all that, getting the DC app and watching those shows, it doesn't, like, it doesn't appeal to me at all. Like, I don't, like, I don't care for the Batman universe all that much, um, or any of those characters on that side of the, like I should say, the comic book spectrum. at all. That, I grew up with X-Men, and, uh, X-Men, uh, the cartoon TV series. Yeah. And so, that's what, that's what, that's what I, I was tied to every day when I got home from school. It was nothing but watching those X-Men animated TV series. And so I never really got into any of the, the DC, you know, uh, um, Superman, Batman, none of that stuff.
0: Yeah. See, um, Batman was kind of my, my real intro into me getting comics as far as like going out and really buying lots of paperback trades and, and really diving in. Um, I, I, I kind of like flirted with the boundary of it in middle school and just bought a bunch of different random paperback trades. Like I, I had the crow and, um, fuck. I had a couple other ones too, but, uh, but yeah, the Batman was really my intro into it. And yeah. Uh, and so I watched all the CW shows and in the end they went in the direction that CW shows do where it's, they, they just force so much relationship bullshit into it. And in, in, 23, 24 episodes a season is just fucking too much. And so I yeah. eventually fell off all of those, e- even the crossover shows that, that it's like, I'll admit they do look cool, but I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I just, I totally fell off on that shit. But what I liked about Titans when they just started showing like bits from, you know, like the, I think the first thing I saw was what Robin's outfit was going to be like, and I was like, "Damn, that's really comic accurate. It looks really good." And then we saw like you know leaked set photos showing Beast Boy and Starfire, and they didn't look the best. And so I was kind of hesitant going into it, but man, that first season of Titans is some of like the best comic book TV I've ever seen. Um, it All is rice. it is shockingly good. And I don't remember if, do you remember seeing any of the trailers or anything for it?
1: Honestly, no, I didn't. I didn't really, like I said, so when it's like, still listening to like the PCL, those guys and supercast talk about it and all that stuff. Like it, I honestly, I didn't even pay attention to it at all.
0: <laughs> so, so one of the shocking things from the trailer was this, and it happened, I think towards the end of the trailer, you know, like it should of it, like showing, you know, Dick Grayson in the whole Robin outfit, Basically, saying fuck Batman, <laughs> and so kind of going into it, we were all like, oh, okay, yeah. it's gonna be one of these shows. Um, but but like that scene happens in the very first episode of the first season, and it, it very much takes place right as Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne have this. They had in the comics, they had a falling out. Robin leaves and he goes to Bloodhaven and, and he sheds the the Robin persona and he takes on the person, the, the mantle of Nightwing. And so it's really telling this story. And now going into season two, we're really getting teased that, and they've already leaked pictures online showing the blue night, the black and blue Nightwing suit. And so it's like, I'm just oh, okay. so fucking excited to see it. But what they did in that first season was, it was like every other episode was more like a character study, where like the very first episode, you get to see Raven, and like in raven's backstory in the comics is that her father is trigon this demon and so they they were able to tell her story in like a real like exorcist type like horror story vibe going throughout the first season but then in like every other episode it's more of a character study so in the second episode we're seeing like this background between hawk and dove and then i think in the fourth episode you're seeing um, kind of a character study with Beast Boy and how Ra- when Raven meets him he's living with characters from the Doom Patrol and that went to spin out into its own series and shit and, and then, you know, she meets Starfire on her own and Starfire has memory loss and the way they do her character is great and all the CGI in it's been pretty good and it's just an absolutely fucking brutal show. It does not It feels like the Marvel Netflix stuff where they don't shy away from dropping F-bombs and showing real gratuitous violence. Oh, well,
1: that's good, Yeah. yeah.
0: But it doesn't just solely focus on all these different, you know, epic fight scenes and shit. It's like, yeah, it has some of that in it, but what it really has going for it is a really solid plot, really crisp writing, and really excellent actors that are all doing a really good job. And so now season two's out, and it's not one where it just dumps the whole thing so that you can binge it all at once. It comes out week to week. Oh nice. Uh, nice. I believe it comes out Friday nights. I need to watch the newest episode, which will be season two, episode three that just came out. But in this second season, they're, they're introducing Deathstroke as the overall villain. Deathstroke has always been one of my favorite. He's my favorite DC villain because yeah. he's, he's almost like an evil Batman.
1: You know, he's, he's, you mean, smart. you mean Deadpool two? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I think the way it goes is that I think the Deathstroke was around first. And then Marvel made yeah he was Wade he was Wilson as a joke Deadpool because yeah. Deathstroke was Slade Wilson.
1: <laughs> yeah, I always thing? like to do that to the DC people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Deathstroke." Oh, you mean Deadpool too? And they're like, like <laughs> "Fuck you."
0: Well, what's funny though is that in a way the the characters couldn't be any more different <laughs> because like Slade Wilson is so super serious.
1: Oh, yeah, and that's what like Deadpool doesn't give a shit about anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, Deadpool's just, the way he is in the comics, and the way that Ryan Red or Ryan Reynolds portrayed him in the movies is it's pretty Love funny it. fucking shit. I, you know, I it, it, when Ryan Reynolds was um, really pushing to get that movie made, and do you remember when there was that that um, you know quote
1: unquote the little like the, the, leaked the leak trailer? footage? Yeah, yeah. The, like the little like shorts and stuff. He was like like producing on his own. And yes. doing the, the to kind of help you know build the fan the hype for it, yeah
0: yeah, yeah. It, it was you know kind of how the movie opened it was a, a real close version of that same scene that was what first put the the character onto my radar because I wasn't big into Marvel comics until like i I didn't really start reading lots of Marvel stuff in, until me and uh Jordan Leakin started doing the comic cast together, and then Jordan was putting all this Marvel stuff into my you know, into my reading list. And then, yeah. and then he also really, uh, woke me up to image and, and, and th- those books, you know, really harkened back more to the stuff that the, you know, the random graphic novels that I read when I was younger, but, but Batman and the bat family was really my intro into comics. And so Titans has been everything for me that I've been wanting in a show yeah. and, and man, yeah, I, I, um, I highly recommend it. Like we can talk off, off air if, if you want to see Titans and check it out. I would, help yeah. you. I would help you with that, my friend.
1: Cool. <laughs> um, it, it sounds good because it, it sounds like it's kind of like the same way, like because, um, uh, kind of like Daredevil was for me when I heard that they were making the Daredevil TV show, and I was kind of like, man, because like because a lot of the first season was based off the uh, the Man Without Fear uh, series they did with Daredevil, which is like pretty much his backstory and there was a lot of things that they kind of hit and then a few things that they kind of like you know made for tv and stuff but for the most part they pretty much had it pretty close to the comic and i was just so happy to that they did that and kind of stayed true to uh what daredevil was because he was one of the first kind of characters i got into like outside of the x-men and everything and so it was uh it was pretty nice to see that and it's good to you know, we read these comics for so long, and they're like, okay, well, you know, they're gonna put them on air and you know, do these movies or TV shows, and you're just kind of like, oh man, don't fuck this up. And then when they actually do a really good job, it's actually really nice to see. You know?
0: Oh, absolutely. And and dude, Titans nailed it. They they did a really really good job with it. Um, and I'm so stoked that it's back for the second season, and couldn't ask for more death Deathstroke in it. Then. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, the the CGI has been really good in it, too, and and, and I like that it's not just leaning on fight scenes. And, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I love fucking martial arts movies and stuff like that. I've actually been going through a martial arts movie kick, too, where – have you
1: seen The Raid? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't.
0: Do you you like martial arts movies in general or just ones that are Um, more – it's – it's, yeah, there's a plot, but really, like, it's the spectacle. It's of just more just what these
1: martial artists can do on people fighting, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I enjoy that genre. I can't say that I've really, like, kept up with it. I mean, because I grew up on, like, Jean Claude with like, Bloodsport and all those kind of movies, <laughs> yes. you know, those <laughs> awesome ones. And so, like, I, I have a respect for them. They're awesome. It's like that. But I haven't really kept up in the last, like, all my stuff in the last probably like 10 years. It's probably been nothing but Marvel. And then just whatever horrors out, basically.
0: Do you remember the Steven Seagal movie? I think it was above the law.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. I Holy remember that shit, one. <laughs> Steven Seagal, that, that dude, I remember what he was. He was Highlander. Wasn't he?
0: No, or was that, he in Highlander was, or, uh, or? Oh God, I'm picturing the guys, the, the other Steve dude with the ponytail, Lambert, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I used to watch that a whole bunch with them fighting and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. dude above the law that was the one where where he's the detective and his friend that's a detective like got mixed up in some dirty shit and a guy kills him and so then he's just out on the street looking for uh he's looking for gino and he wants to know why he keeps going around everywhere he's like he's like anybody seen, seen he's he saying anybody seen ricky i think ricky's the bad guy's name who's all coked out throughout the whole movie
2: yeah. He's
0: like, anybody seen Ricky? Anybody know why Ricky did Bobby Lupo? And he gets in that fucking fight in the bar room and puts the cue ball in the in the bar towel and knocks the guy's fucking teeth out.
1: Fucking God <laughs> <laughs> Those movies, it was just, they're, I'm a little bit on the ridiculous side, but it's like, holy shit, like as far as like the... Um, the choreography and everything of them, like oh, it's yeah, dude, that, it's that's fucking awesome.
0: That's back when Seagal was like he was lean and it was believable that he was kicking these people's ass. Exactly, now, now you see him in his movies and he's like, Oh, dude, time was a motherfucker. Time, yeah, and Union Store burritos were a motherfucker to you, weren't they? <laughs> 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 but yeah, man, so when I was a kid, that like, like those, and yeah, dude, I used to watch this shit out of Bloodsport. The fucking Q, the Kumite.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh yeah, and so I still love those movies a lot. And um, like, have you seen the John Wick movies? They're they're pretty adjacent to that.
1: Oh yeah, I, I yeah I watched the first one and I was like, okay, you know I got hooked on it. And the second one came out, and then this third one came out. I went to go see the third one by myself because I was like I wasn't going to take the girlfriend at the time because she was going to be no adventurous. I didn't want her being bored. I was just like, I'm just going to go see this because. I know you're like interested in it and I was like, yeah, I ended up seeing it like twice that week because it was wow. so badass.
0: Yeah. I, um, yeah.
1: I can't wait because they're doing a TV show, right?
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be called the Continental or something. It's going to.
1: The Continental. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's. I it's,
1: hope they it's, keep it's it place just in about in like universe, the movies.
0: Right. I don't know. I, I gotta be honest after I've only seen the third one once. And I watched the first one without really knowing anything about it. I don't recall ever seeing trailers for it or anything. And so it shocked the fuck out of me when the dog died and all that. And and I remember just being absolutely oh, blown yeah. away by the first one. I loved that, saw it multiple times. And I never saw any of them in the theater. Uh, I remember the second one I actually watched on a flight back from Germany. So I watched that on a plane. And then I, when the third one came out on digital, I bought a, a digital bundle where it had all three of them for like, 20 bucks or something like that. It ended up being a really oh, good, it was a fucking yes. crazy good deal. And, uh, so I watched all three of them in a row. Cause I, I didn't, yeah, I hadn't seen the third one yet, but I really wanted to watch all three of them. And, and it was awesome. It was a fucking rad way to spend the day. But after a few days, like really sitting on it, like I definitely don't think the third one's my favorite. Like, I, I think it might actually be about well, the
1: weakest think, out of them. Number, number two is my favorite, but, like I said, numbers It was probably number two, number one, and then number three. So I would, I would agree with you on that. But still, number three, like it, it still was really good as far as action. I just don't think the whole, whole thing about, oh, okay, well, you're, he's excommunicado now. Everyone go kill him. He's going against everybody. Like that, just don't see the the not necessarily the plot of it, but it's just, oh, okay, we're going to excommunicado. and then we're then he's gonna, you know, be allowed to get all this help and do all this stuff, and you know get back in again and get out again. Like it's, yeah, I guess it just, jumped around too much. I guess I you can say for me, for
0: the plot. I, I didn't care for the plot. I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't like, I don't want to spoil it since, you know, it, it is still somewhat new, but, um, I, I didn't like the turn that it took at the end and everything. And so it's like, yeah, I'm a big enough fan that I'll, I'll still watch the fourth one when it, when it comes out, but, oh yeah, but it, it, sure. it, it's not my, it, it, I'm definitely not on the giant hype train for it. I'll, I'll respect it for what it is, but, um, but man, some of the other martial arts movies I've been getting into lately have been really great. Um, uh, Brian from PCL and my co-host on Number One Comic Books has been recommending a bunch for me, and he recommended one that was on Netflix uh, called "The Night Comes for Us." and that one was really fucking good. I highly recommend that one. It's, it's super accessible. Almost everybody has Netflix. So if you like martial arts movies and you haven't seen this one yet, go check out the night comes for us. Um, I'm terrible at remembering actors names, so I don't remember the the main character in it, but it has eco Uace in it as well from, uh, from the raid movies. And he was also the bad guy in Stuber. If you've seen that, that was a fucking fun. So, movie.
1: Oh, well, The Night Comes for Us?
0: No, Stuber.
1: Oh, Stuber. I've, I haven't seen that one either.
0: Oh, my God. it's. it's I'm just so a,
1: far behind on stuff.
0: Dude, that was just a fun movie. Like, um, um, I was invited to be on Stuber, or on not on Stuber. I was invited to be on Scenic Cast, and that was one of the movies they were reviewing. So I was like, all right, I'll go see this in the theater. And uh, I was not disappointed. It was, it was really goddamn funny. Yeah.
1: Uh. <laughs> So I'll have to look out, that up. Check Watch out it.
0: Scenic Cast wherever you find fine podcasts.
1: <laughs> but seriously, if you're into movies,
0: you should be listening to Scenic Cast anyway.
1: Yeah. I got to do one with Steve here pretty soon. I think we got it coming up. I think we're doing... The, he's doing like... Of course, he's doing like his Marvel timeline uh, movies and I think we're recording the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 here pretty soon. I think it is. Nice. So I'll actually be doing one with him here pretty... I think. The first of October, I think, around is when we're planning on doing that. But yeah, should be pretty cool. I think there's, there's a good cast of people that are going to be on there with me and Steve. So, should be a fun, fun one.
0: Steve's a really great guy. He puts on an awesome. All, all the <laughs> oh yeah, he has. he's always so professional in all of them. He's he's what he's one of the good ones to listen to. If if Steve's tied to a podcast, oh yeah, people should be listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he does a great job. His production is always really really good.
0: Um, you know, the other podcast that I've been listening to a lot lately, which is, it's always fun finding new podcasts to, to jump in and get obsessions over. Um, but do you watch Nailed It on Netflix?
1: Nailed no, It, that's with, um, uh, with that's Beyer. The, the, the cake thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicole? i watched a couple of those episodes. They're pretty funny.
0: Uh, did you like the host?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, she her does... and the, uh, her and the old French guy, whatever, yes. the old French chef. Nicole yeah.
0: Nicole Byer and, um... And uh, uh, Jacques Torres. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's no, that one. show
1: is so hilarious. Oh,
0: my God. It is fucking perfect. Well, anyway, I started following her on Twitter, and then she had uh, put out a a, a link saying that, you know, it was uh, a new podcast she was doing with her best friend, uh, Shashir. It's, it's called Best Friends. And each episode's only around an hour or so long, and so... I jumped in, and started listening to that, and then from there it got me into listening to her other podcast that she'd been doing for quite a while, and that one's called "Why Won't You Date Me?" and I highly recommend both of those shows. If you like her on Netflix and you also like really fucked up, really filthy comedy, then yeah, because what? Oh yeah, she is so tame on Netflix that like when you actually either watch her stand up, she's on. She has a set that's on i think it's called comedians of the world and it's on netflix and she has a set on that and i remember that was my first intro to her outside of what she was doing on nailed it and i couldn't believe how hilariously filthy she was
1: (laughs) she's kind of like one of those like bob Bob saget types to where you think she's all nice and clean cut and everything and like she gets on her stand up and you're like holy fuck where does she come from oh my
0: god On, on comedians of the world like she does this bit about how guys want to like fuck girls' tits, and she's like talking about how you, they should date a fat girl because you could fuck any part of her body. And she's like, "I'll look up and you can fuck the back of my neck." And it's like, holy shit! <laughs> and she's she's like constantly saying really filthy, fucked up shit where you're like, "I've never heard that sentence before in my life." <laughs> and, like she does that on her podcast on the regular, and she's just. She's so funny. I, I cannot recommend her podcast enough. But if you've got little kids in the room or or you're easily offended or you're in the workplace. Yeah, don't or
1: do it. Just your yes, fair warning.
0: It is not safe for kids and not safe for work. But, oh, my gosh. Uh, why won't you date me? With Nicole Byer is so fucking funny.
1: Yeah, I just got to check those out. <laughs> Um, I know there's one uh, the one podcast I have been kind of listening to that's not you know, the normal ones that we talk about a lot um, is the one the what's it I, I don't know his last name it's the Nick guy that does like loud mouth Nick Kroll Nick Kroll yeah him the uh, girlfriend got me listening to him uh, the what's it called like how like how this was made or something
0: oh okay yeah that one's not been
1: on my yeah car yet. It, <clears throat> yeah it's kind of like i think like the last one i listened to uh when we were driving up there to our camp spot this weekend like we listened to like uh the behind like the movie serenity and everything and it's so funny because it's like him and two other comics and basically they just like rip it apart and it's the funniest shit ever like it's and it's a lot of like of course like cruise humor and everything of course but it's just like they watch a movie and they're just like how like do they seriously think this plot through or do they do this and all this kind of stuff? And it's it was it's really it's really fun to listen if you get a chance to pop one of those in and listen to him and his podcast.
0: No, that sounds like it would be right up my alley.
1: <laughs> yeah, Nick with, Kroll, like it's
0: with tearing apart movie reviews and using crude humor. And I was like,
1: Okay. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> did, did, did you ever listen to Smodcast with Kevin Smith?
1: Uh uh-uh, uh I haven't
0: that was one of my first like intros into podcasts. I I can never remember which one I listened to first, if it was Joe Rogan or if it was Smodcast. Uh, But at one point my friend Jeff uh, gave me a, um, a thumb drive just like full of Smodcast episodes. It might've had like the first hundred episodes or something like that. It was a fuckload. And, and at the time I was mostly just listening to different like comedy bits and stuff like that, just as they'd come across on Pandora and and so podcasts were, were a pretty good way to get into because there were no commercial breaks and shit like that. Whereas now I, I eventually fell off on listening to Kevin Smith's podcast just because it started having as many commercial breaks as terrestrial radio where he, I'd listen to like, oh, hour, oh, yeah. I'd listen to an hour, hour and a half long podcast and it would have like four commercial breaks. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Just, just put them at the beginning and put them at the end so I can skip past Fast the, forward at the beginning and then just... And people are like, oh, you can skip past the ones in the middle, and it's like, yeah, I gotta stop what I'm doing every 20 minutes and skip forward 10 times. No, thank you.
1: Um, yeah, no. But But
0: anyway, there was one where with Smodcast, it's just, um, uh, it's him and Scott Mosier, the guy that uh, was producer on a lot of the early View Askew movies and was had little bit parts in a lot of them. Um, oh, okay. And it's it's just them, you know, just kind of rapping about whatever. And uh, there was one where they were talking about. Uh, they started talking about the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> and It was so terrible. The way they were talking about it, they were saying that the the one the one girl's like <laughs> the only purpose she served on it was to blow the centaurs to like distract him or
1: something like that. Oh my goodness!
0: And Kevin Smith kept going off on. He's like, I like blowing horses. <laughs> <laughs> It's so wrong, it's so wrong, but it's so fucking hilarious. I can't help but laugh at. It. So, wh-
1: what's the Nick Kroll podcast? Called? I'll have to check that out. <laughs> Is how did how did this get made?
0: Okay, fantastic. I I am fucking looking into that. <laughs>
1: like I said I haven't been listening to them very like very long, but it's the the past couple of episodes that I have listened to. Like they're all. It's all just fucking hilarious. Like of course like if you ever seen Loudmouth or anything that crawls in, like it's A Big Mouth? He's a he's Big Mouth, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, that shows it, it's, it's yeah. It's just imagine that doing movie reviews. And it's that's what it basically is. It's so funny.
0: Oh, that is fucking great. Yeah, I gotta look into that, dude.
1: <laughs> Have you got a chance to see uh, the well I'm seeing what was Listen, you got a chance to see it too yet?
0: No, I I still haven't seen the first one, <laughs> which is kind of sad because okay, I was planning on seeing that one in the theater, and then I never got around to it, and then it was on HBO. and My wife watched it and was like, "You need to watch this." Still didn't watch it. Um, that was that's one of my Just... favorite Stephen King books, though. I, I I read that, but you know, bear in mind, I read that in like nineteen ninety five, so it's been a minute.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just watch the first one. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: I've heard a lot of bad reviews uh, on the second yeah. one, and that's that's really too bad because yeah, and I was but, but positive reviews about the first one.
1: Oh, the one, the first one was great, and that's what got me like so highly interested in the second one. I'm like, okay, if they just you know put as much effort into the second one as they did the first one, it, it'll be a walk in the park. It'll be one of the, the best horror movies here in the past couple of years. And yeah, they just swing and a miss to me.
0: Dude, what do but, you think of the comments for the potential of a Princess Bride reboot?
1: Oh no, I know. I don't right? even touch that. There's certain movies that you can't touch. You can't remake Dark Crystal, which of course they didn't. They weren't smart about it. And I don't know. Have you watched any of the Netflix, the see, the I, Dark Crystal: of Resistance? See,
0: I don't. I don't have the nostalgia for the original Dark Crystal. I don't. I don't think it doesn't ring any bells with me. And, and so it's like uh, everything I've the, seen for the new one. It, it looks like, it looks really cool, but I mean, there's just so much content out there that I haven't made the time yeah. for that. Even though, yeah, it does Cause I'm guessing, cool. cause you're,
1: you're, you're a little bit older than I am, right? You're. I was born in Cause I'm, I'll be 34 this year. You're born in 1980, so you're five years older than I am. Yeah. So that would have put you, cause Dark Crystal came out in 89 So you were, I mean, you were probably a little bit older than, I guess that was, of course, with all those kids that were born like the mid, late 80s. I guess it kind of hit us differently because like Thad and Labyrinth, you know, all those Jim Henson, you know, Fraggle Rock. I never watched Fraggle
0: Rock. I wasn't really into the puppet stuff when I was a kid. I never watched uh, Sesame Street. And like the closest I've ever yeah, got so I never to never the watched this the Street either was watching the animated show Muppet Babies. But Babies, I never, I never yeah. really watched the Muppets, and so like I see people like that have like this real, you know, reverence for stuff with puppets, and I've never. Had that same.
1: Never caught on to it. No, I've, yeah.
0: I've gotten the "How dare you look" before when I've been like, "Eh, fuck Sesame Street." <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, really? See, I don't, I don't care for Sesame. I don't care for Sesame Street that much. But it was, I was more of like just the regular like Jim Henson Muppets with like Kermit and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, see, I, I i never got never got into any of that, so i don't i don't have the nostalgia that that kind of takes me back to that. But I watched lots of like I grew yeah. up on the Neverending Story, and I remember watching Legend and Labyrinth, yeah, and um, you know Princess Bride, and so I was definitely into the genre for it. But for whatever reason, I don't remember really ever watching, you know, that. Yeah. but it could have been that more. I kind of jumped straight from that genre to more like I got to watch lots of rated R shit at a super young age. So I, I think I jumped yeah. more into like the, the late eighties, like action movies and stuff as my genre choice when gotcha. I was a kid. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, with, with the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and Seagull and, and, um, you know, watching like Tango and cash and shit like that roadhouse. Like the a lot oh yeah, of those roadhouse my is great. In, in the late eighties,
1: kind of early nineties when that stuff came out. Yeah. yeah. See, that's what, yeah. The point I was getting at with that is, is that I think, when it comes to like the Princess Bride, they shouldn't. It's one of those that list, like like I was saying, like the with Princess Bride, Dark Crystal. You can't, you cannot remake those movies in today's sense or whatever. And I would say, like if they were going to do something in the Princess Bride universe, like sure, go ahead, do a prequel or like a sequel or something, but don't don't try to redo that movie. You know, you can't. The characters that were in it, the people that were in the movie, you you can't touch that. Like it doesn't, it won't make any sense at all.
0: Yeah. No, everybody that was in that movie did perfectly for their roles to the point where they're iconic parts of like pop culture now, you know, exactly. Like the, the shit with Andre, the giant is, you're you're not going to get better than that. Nope. The, the interplay between Carrie Uless's character and Robin Wright's character. You're is just too good it, it had just the right amount of silliness in it the perfect amount of action you know with the the Enigma Montoya character and in how iconic his fucking little line was that he said before everything
1: exactly after
0: the six fingered man that killed his dad I mean just everything in that movie was so epic and so perfect and then the fact that it's all tying in to, to little Fred Savage being in bed with his football jersey and shit and his kindly old grandpa reading the fucking story to him and I don't know. It it does not need to be messed with. It should not be messed with. If you want to do anything, re-release it. Remaster it. Re-release exactly. it and, and put it onto people's radar that way. Don't fucking
1: reboot Don't try to reboot it at all. Yeah, there's there's no sense in that.
0: Ugh. Yuck.
1: <laughs> Dude, you kidding? That's it's 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 inconceivable.
0: <laughs> it is inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, how did the most obvious joke of that take so long to come out? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, are you excited at all for the Joker movie that's coming out here in a couple weeks? I,
1: I, that is one that is, like I said earlier, Like I'm not big on the DC Universe, but I am excited to see that one because I have been watching the trailers for it and I've been like looking into it and everything. And I think it's going to be... Especially the way like just Joaquin looks in it, I think it's gonna be a super dark, super good take on the Joker, and I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a knockout. Hopefully, hopefully it looks like it's gonna be a knockout. But of course, how many times have we said that about a DC movie, and it's shit, shit the bed? But I'm hoping I'm hoping with Joaquin, like it he just kind of pulls it out of the park out of nowhere and just does a great job with it.
0: Yeah, you, you just described it very much the same way that I'm feeling. And, and I keep waffling back and forth between am I going to go see it that opening weekend or am I going to wait and hear all about it on Pop Culture Leftovers the following Monday?
1: Yes, yeah, see, I'm going And just I'm a- tell
0: me everything that, that they're comfortable talking about. If they're going to spoil it, then I'm listening to the spoilers. It, you know, like, and just accepting it that way or do I just say fuck it and bite the bullet and just if it sucks it sucks just go see, see it opening weekend
1: yeah well luckily for us here on salt lake we have a every there's a certain i guess that's not a brand of movie theaters but there's just like certain theaters around here that have like 5 dollar Tuesdays oh, and yeah. so with that you know of course with 5 dollar Tuesdays the r rated movies are never really that packed because it's mostly you know the parents with kids are going to go see whatever's out like toy story or you know, that's where everyone is, usually. Yeah, that makes So sense. it's easy as pie, you know, if when a movie comes out, and I'm kind of skeptical on it. It's like, I don't want to spend the whole, like, 10 bucks to go see it, but I'll just wait to that following Tuesday after it comes out and just go then. you know, and just so therefore, hey, if it turned out to be shit like I thought it would be, or if it turned out to be better, I only spent 5 bucks on it, you know, and if it was really that good, you know, I'll go see it again with whoever wants to go see it, and, you know, pay full price then and, you know, support it, but... Yeah, that's the one good thing we have out here. In Salt Lake is those five dollar movie Tuesdays.
0: Yeah, we got those here too, and I I think it's at our Marcus Theater that does that. Used to be a Warenberg. but that's in in, in this area the in Cedar Rapids. In my opinion, that's the best theater to go to because they have the Dream Loungers in every single auditorium. And those things are nice. oh shit. They're
1: so yeah, <laughs> ours are. Yeah, they are. We have a a few of those here at the Megaplex Theaters. And, like, here, it's too because we paid, like, a lot of the big theaters here that we have, like, um, where you can pay, like, for, like, the $15 cups from beginning with. And then whenever you bring your cup back, you only pay, like, a dollar for a refill every time you get a drink from then on. So it saves you a bunch of money. Like, yeah, movies are – they kind of know their stitch is kind of going away with all the stuff being, like, on-demand or streaming and everything. And so – it's really nice that they're kind of amping up their game a little bit at these theaters to make that, of course you're what I always say, like I will always go to see a, uh, to the theater to see a movie that I actually want to see because you, you can't get past that experience being in the theater with everybody, you know?
0: Oh, I totally agree. Um, I think the, it's been a little while since I've been to the cinema. I think the last one I saw was once upon a time in Hollywood and I'm so glad I saw that on the big screen. That was just an amazing experience.
1: Yeah, that's one I still haven't seen yet. I meant to see it, but I've the last couple of Quentin Tarantino movies, I've waited for them to come out on Netflix or something else before I actually sat down and watched those.
0: Yeah, see, when when Pulp Fiction came out, that was the first one of his movies that I saw, and I was I saw that in the theater when I was a kid, and I was head over heels on that, and so then I jumped in and and would obsessively watch all of his movies when they came out, and then you know after Kill Bill Volume Two, that's kind of when I was getting to that point where I was spending a lot of my free time every weekend just out climbing and just training for climbing and everything so I really like I remember when all the first Marvel movies came out I think I watched those for the first time on X on FX for at least the the uh, phase one of the MCU you know it's just yeah. going and seeing movies just wasn't a priority for me back then and so there was um, I, I fell off with, with, with Quentin Tarantino's movies and I need to to catch up. I've seen Inglorious Bastards. I still need to watch Django, which I, Oh, I
1: think, Django is, Django is so fucking good.
0: Yeah. I, I own that on digital. I think I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Uh, and, um, I also need to watch, uh, there was Django. I need to watch the hateful eight. As well I haven't seen that
1: I haven't seen that either I need I saw it where it's on it's on Netflix now the extended versions on Netflix
0: yeah so, and, and, and with that one oh, it's like a, it's on there and and listeners if you have an opinion on this please reach out and let me know either you know on Twitter or on you know Facebook page message me on Facebook whatever just give me your take on this should I go in and watch the extended version first should I just Watch, try and find the, the theatrical version and watch that for, for a first go in. I don't know. I, I'd like to hear people's takes on that because, you know. If, see, I, with if me, I haven't watched it yet, it isn't like I'm jumping right on it and watching it this weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's my thought on it. Like, I haven't seen the movie yet. I haven't seen Hateful Eight yet. So, it's like, if I just go ahead and watch the extended version, why would I need to see the theatrical version? It's the same stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like, why well, I, I don't want to watch it twice unless it's that good, but –
0: yeah, right. You know, I mean,
1: I'd rather just go ahead and watch the extended version and be, you know, get all of it.
0: Yep. Because, like, like if someone were asking me about, like, the Lord of the Rings, like, do I watch the extended version or yes?
1: Yeah, watch the extended yes, version. Yes, go ahead and watch the extended version yeah, first. Fun, fun yeah,
0: the theatrical cut on that. The same with Watchmen. It's like, I'm going to watch the director's cut of Watchmen with all the extra stuff in it before I just watch the theatrical version. Are you fucking kidding? Exactly. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, because you can catch the theatrical version on TNT or something when it comes on. But yeah, just, yeah. yeah. If you're going to sit down. I'll watch it all the way through. Watch the extended version.
0: I almost feel like I just answered my own question. there.
1: us <laughs> yeah, still for free to hit them up. Let them know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Listener interaction. Why not?
1: <laughs> so what do you, do you think? Uh, you, did you see the new Star Wars trailer?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where it has the, the switchblade lightsaber at the end.
1: Yeah, the, like, Swiss Army knife lightsaber? Yes,
0: oh my god. Whoever was right on the ball and did that, that was so fucking funny. Um, But, dude, I'm super stoked for that. I've been a Star Wars fan for a long time. And... um, So, yeah. Part of me, it's feels really sad that you know this is the last uh the the star or last star wars where it's going to be the real skywalker saga and stuff but but it'll be interesting to see what they do with the universe you know without those constraints on them let's see what they can do in that yeah
1: and i think exactly and i think with as much as i've been following the like the mandalorian stuff and that stuff like that looks great the trailer looked good and it's like i'm just so excited for to see what they're going to do with it and just like you said with this I mean, it's sad to see the star wars with like the skywalker song at the end but there's just so much more stuff that you know the universe is so huge and so big that we can get you know there's a vast amounts of stuff out there for them to play with you know
0: oh there's so much potential in that universe so
1: exactly you know, if, if, I just,
0: if this is what gets us there then cool cool let's let's see what they do with it
1: exactly exactly but I will say, I just, and hopefully sometime soon, is like for my Star Wars pick, is that I just want to see Cad Bane on a real screen, on like in a big show or something like that. I know he was in Rebels, but I, w- I would like to see him like just walk across the background in Mandalorian, like some like bounty hunter's shop or something, and just to have him up there. That's nice. So that's him or like of- IG, like IG 88. Yeah. Just character things that I would love to see as far as like the small guys in the universe.
0: Okay, right. See, and I didn't keep up with all the animated stuff. W- with Star Wars, I'm more just the, you know, the, the film versions. W- what I saw Rebels and what I saw oh. Clone Wars, I really liked, but I have not gone through and watched all the
1: episodes. Oh, dude. Yeah, no. Rebels, like the Clone Wars, it started off really good, and then it kind of like, to me, it kind of like plateaued a little bit, and then it got better at the end. But as far as Rebels goes, and all the reason why I haven't caught up with, uh, uh, didn't keep up with Rebels because that just because I didn't have the Disney Channel, uh, because I didn't have cable. But yeah. I just, and I don't, I, I usually just watch it when it comes out on Netflix. But, um, oh yeah, like Rebels, to me, Rebels is such, such a good show. Nice.
0: Yeah. It's, and in, in, again, that's one of those things that's on my radar. It's, Oh, there's just too much content out there. It's so hard to keep up with everything, even the stuff that you really want to keep up with. For me, I have a hard time <laughs> keeping up with it. that. Goes back yeah. to having too many irons in the fire, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. And that's like with me. Like with work, you know, I go to work from almost you know ten hour days. And by the time I get home, I'm like, oh man, like I just want to like lay down, or I want like want to eat, or hang out with the girlfriend, or you know, you know, just do other things. Besides, you know, we're just now. Me and her, I think I've already seen the first season of Mindhunter and she hasn't. So we're trying to like burn through the first season again to kind of refresh before we start season two. And I think between our schedules and stuff and how much stuff we got going on, I think we've got into maybe like four episodes of it just because of time restraints and everything. It's just like as you get older, I mean, you got so much stuff going on. And it's hard to keep up with, you know, just all the good stuff that's coming out. I'm just like, OK, well, I'll just I'll watch it at some point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For real. And for sure. I'm, I'm planning on getting Disney plus when that comes out. There's just, there's Oh just yeah, me too. Stuff on I, that,
1: so. Exactly.
0: So I'll, I'll have the opportunity. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. From there.
1: <laughs> speaking of, speaking of the Disney thing, what do you think? And with the whole, you know, uh, Sony taking back Spider-Man from Marvel, what do you think? And um, of course with Disney doing away with, you know, Daredevil and all that kind of stuff. What do you think the possibility of um, Vincent D'Onofrio going over to Sony and him doing Kingpin in the Sony universe with Spider-Man now? Is that even possible? That
0: would be amazing, but I, I think I've heard that all those actors have like a...
1: Can't do... Yeah, there's like you can't a do part of their contract okay.
0: that they, for I think for X amount of years or something, they can't play that character again or something.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I that, figured that's that. Too bad I didn't think about he, that. Yeah. yeah.
0: He was a great kingpin. I mean, fuck. Oh Vincent yeah, D'Onofrio.
1: <laughs> the guy's He killed
0: incredible.
1: it. Have you ever seen? I'll tell you. this another movie, and it's uh, the the premise of it is. I gotta look. I gotta look it up real quick. The premise of it is it's kind of demented, but um, he's in it, and he plays a taxi driver. But it's called Chained. It has like. Um, Eamon Farron, i don't I forgot Man, and like I gina phillips one. in it um but yeah it's he places like he plays a, um this uh serial killer and like he holds this eight-year-old boy captive because he killed his mother and he's trying to like teach this eight-year-old kid like how to like kidnap and kill women but it's it's like i said it's demented as all get out but he is yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio could play, like, the most evil villain, like, it's it, it's very good. I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, it was, like, 68%, so it wasn't, it, I mean, I think it just had to do with kind of what the story was, because it probably would, like, trigger a lot of people, you know, but as far oh. as the acting and everything in it, it got, like, it, depending on which one you got to, it got, like, uh, anywhere from seven to eight, you know, out of ten stars on how good the movie was. So, I think IMDb was, I think, I think it was the lowest. Actually, it was like 6.4 or something, I think it was. But it's, it's always one of those ones I recommend if you ever want to see a good D'Onofrio movie where he just, he's just crazy. And you, you know, like, you know, I guess you say you could see it a lot of that coming out when he was doing the, uh, what was the crime show he was in? Was it, it wasn't Law and Order? Or was it Law and Order? Yeah, it was
0: Law and Order Criminal Intent.
1: Yeah. Criminal Intent, yeah. When he started going like a little bit psychotic in that and bringing that out, like he just he totally nails it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's fan. I've loved oh. him in everything from fucking Full Metal Jacket to The Cell. I like yeah. work in, in Law and Order. He's he's fucking amazing. Did
1: you did you see him in The Magnificent 7 with Chris Pack? That no, that's,
0: that's another one that I heard is a great movie and I still haven't seen oh, it.
1: That's, that is a great, great Western movie. It is, It was, it was funny when it needed to be funny. and It was serious when it needed to be serious. And just all the characters just knocked it out of the park. And he especially did that movie too.
0: Nice. See, see I grew up on Western. So I I, I already like the genre. So that's one oh, that yeah. I, I need to check out. But dude, I have such a huge list <laughs> of movies that I need to check out. It's, It's just sad.
1: Yeah. And that's why I was talking to some people because at one time I was thinking about doing a uh, an actual like Western podcast to where it was just
0: I remember you talking about that a
1: reviewing long time, all those yeah never got it off the ground I had like all the graphics and everything made for it I just too many irons like you were saying they just got put to the wayside but
0: yeah yeah in a podcast man it's it is tough like like as much as I would like to say that you know oh moving forward Cast will be back on its weekly release schedule but it's. It, it won't be like episodes are gonna come out as I can get them out and exactly and, and it's it's you know I, I just need to accept it for what it is it's like if if I try and make yeah. myself beholden to the schedule if if I make this feel like a job I don't get paid for it's gonna be really hard for me to do it like
1: so, exactly so for, just, it should be something fun yeah like it shouldn't be unless you're getting paid the big bucks for it it should <laughs> it should not be not like you you know, fun and on your schedule on your time
0: exactly yeah and so it's just something that you know it, it, I don't see myself ever stopping doing StartCast, but but it, it's it'll be hard for me to stick to a regular release schedule and and I'll, I'll try and get out you know at least one to two at least one episode a month, hopefully more than that.
2: Oh yeah. But
0: but definitely not, not one a week anymore. Yeah. It it fucking, like no lie, it it frazzled me trying to do
1: it. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I kind of see that as far as like, I've been watching like a lot of like these, um, these guys like on YouTube and stuff that do like these vlogs and like they're putting out like two, you know, like five to 10 minute videos a week and it's just like, A, I mean, I see why they do it because A, they're, um, uh, excuse me what I'm trying to say, like, A, yeah, this is their job, they're getting paid for it, but it's like them editing and putting it out that quickly, it's like, holy crap.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's all pretty time consuming and, you know, with, with the family and then, you know, especially me, it's like right now I, I really need to, I need to do a better job taking care of me. And, and so part of that's going to be, I'm going to have to devote you know time that that i was not devoting to to fitness and stuff and then along with that devoting the time to fitness it's it's done a great job of it just improving my outlook and everything and so just part of my it's yeah. part, it's part yeah. of my it's part of joe's self care <laughs> but you know moving forward like you know i'm definitely sticking with that and, and and i'll keep releasing these shows it's just the the release schedule will be erratic and and i apologize yeah. for that but That's...
1: It is what it is, right? Oh, there's no need for an apology, dude. You, you got to do you, and <laughs> you know whatever whatever you got to do to make you happy. That's the best thing that you know. It's the best outcome for everything, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but I mean, this is I've, I've had a great time talking with you, and 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 um, I, I, I'm really glad you took the time out to to chat with me, dude. It's been been really fun.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, I was excited. to stuff when you hit me, get back on it because it's like I said, it's been a minute. It's your podcasts are always fun to listen to. It's always fun to hear other people's opinions on things and just the the I guess you could say the the quality of people that you have on is always the best. the, The most you have like most random people, but it's always the best people that you have on. So it's always it's good to be you know, within those ranks of, you know, your chosen few.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, man. Yeah. It's, you know, and like I said, I, I, I have a mix of part of me is very verbose and I like to talk and the other part of me is like, no, 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 I'm going to go hide in my garage. <laughs> so yeah. it, it, It's great to, to, to have these conversations and get to know you all better. Cause I mean, just with, with the huge distances that separate me and all my guests it's it's one of the special things of the internet and and oh yeah you know and we met through the leftover army community and it's one of the the beautiful things about that online community is that you know we all get to to you know have this this bond with people that kind of
1: common bond
0: yeah it's like we've never met in person but but we have enough things in common and we have enough similar outlook on the world and And you know, pretty much every time we've gotten in touch with somebody from the Leftover Army and we've done uh, a podcast, it it always goes really well. And it's a a fun time getting to talk with people.
1: Oh, yeah, always is.
0: (laughs) Um, but yeah, you mentioned that that you haven't done your uh, you know, your your regular podcast in a while. Any chance of Salt City Geeks coming back or?
1: we've talked about it, but like me and my two other co-hosts, like their schedules are all kind of out of act. Yeah. And so if it, if I do bring it back, I'm going to bring it back myself and kind of do it. And maybe have like one of them, like one, or if both of them can come on and be on and be like, Hey, you just y'all pop in when you want to, you know, but I'll get it going again, you know, have people on, you know, try to get in touch with like comic book folks and stuff like that. And try to get whoever I can. And, Maybe run it like that, but who knows? I might take off and, like I said, get that Western one going. And, you know, because, like, I actually looked at it. Like, there's still not – because, you know, you have, like, Marvel Review podcast, You have DC Review podcast. There's actually not a podcast for that genre at all, yeah. which is really weird. There's, like, a few other, like, small, like, shows that are centered around, like, Western-themed stuff. But for one that does, like, movies or TV shows or anything like that, there's nothing out there. And there's a whole genre – of untapped market right there, I guess you would say.
0: <laughs> See, and yours would have a good authentic feel to it too, because it's <laughs> a <sudden>
1: draw. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's like I'm not fake. I can you're just get on there and talk it. like normal people. You, you've already <laughs> exactly. got exactly. <to> <laughs> well, this yeah, episode dude. was brought to you by Wrangler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, man. Well, if you if it ever works out with your schedule and you get to the point where you're you're pressing forward with that, definitely let me know, and
1: and I'll push it. Well, oh yeah, I definitely will. Heck yeah, I appreciate it.
0: Awesome, dude. Well, it has been fantastic talking with you. And um, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been StartCast.